Statistics sponsored by DraftKings. Matt and Scott, what's good? So, 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 so athletic, boy. I had to bet it, I had a credit, took it to DK and flexed it. They said it's like a sedative. Flip that GPP, thanks to statistics. And if this is your first time hearing this, you are about to experience money. Dollar, dollar, make the season long swallow. DFS followers, you can live this like koala. Try to break the ranks Every single Sunday And I'ma try to break the slate GPP, Chuck DST Cash Games EZ, CC DraftKings C, Mathletes Gonna win you some money And you can take that to the bank Bank Hey everybody, welcome back to the DF Statistics Podcast We are here, looking forward to week two uh, How did everyone enjoy week one? The insanity the insanity of no uh, no legitimate pricing. I saw 200 points out of like practically 75% of people who played DFS. Although they all ha- not everyone could be telling the truth because the price lines were a little more in line. Uh, so anyway, we are on to a normal week, week two coming up. Joining me on the show, like always, is Mr. Scott Michaud. What is up? How did week one treat you? Um, are you? We're finally into the season, on to a normal week. Now it's week one, normal normal football. Hopefully going forward. Yeah, normal, quote unquote. But uh, it, w- now we're in the uh, the wild overreaction week, uh, uh, also known as week two. But yeah, overall, week one was uh, it was profitable. Um, I think uh, after the the Monday night stuff finished up uh, for the week, uh, I was up about uh, I was at like a one point four like ROI on uh, the lineups I played. Nothing fantastic. Um, I got to tell you, the, the wide receivers really hurt me. That was I, I was really struggling in my construction to kind of figure out who I really liked. And um, yeah, just the guys that I ended up having a lot of exposure to just did not come through. Uh, I had a good bit of feeling that uh, didn't really hit too, uh, super high. Uh, Didi didn't really um, you know, hit like I thought he was going to. Um, even guys I paid up for, uh, you know, Julio and OBJ, I had a few lineups with those guys and you know, I, I got a lot of solid production, um, but nothing like outstanding. Really, the best receiver play I had for the weekend was was Crowder. Um, and looking back on it, man, I wish I had more exposure to him. But uh, honestly, uh, I probably would have just wasted that extra cash and, just, you know, thrown like Mike Evans in or something. So, yeah, it was um, that was what really held me back. I was right on with the quarterbacks and the running backs and tight ends. Um, my best lineup uh, was a uh, was my double tight end gpp lineup that uh i just threw out there just i mean we had talked a little bit about uh doing a double tight end like yeah, super angram early. and andrews made me a lot of money this yes week. yeah just to kind of uh get some differentiation uh for 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 tournament plays and uh kind of pivot off of some of the other things but um yeah i mean that, that lineup worked out well but yeah receivers really hurt me yeah um yeah i, I did pretty my roi for the week was 3.65 which was great um i the, I, I owe a little bit to luck, though, because I was really on a Chubb 
Brown stack for a while because uh, Chubb, even though it wasn't a good matchup, um, you know, was super cheap, like we had said. But I had ended up moving off of that because there were so many running backs. I like, you know, Cook, Fournette. We had talked about a lot of guys. So I ended up going um, in another direction. Uh, and I ended up sliding guys like Deshaun Jackson in there. No, I did not have any exposure to Hollywood Brown. Anyone who did, I mean, you know, the. <laughs> <laughs> That's why some people don't like DFS. There's no way you could have predicted that. But Deshaun Jackson, John Brown, those kind of guys are are people we always talk about. We love for GPP. So they hit for me. Um, I did uh, have an Ingram Jackson uh, Andrews stack because, uh, you know, I predicting Miami was going to be poor was very predictable. Predicting what happened was not predictable. So mm. it were that. That ended up helping me because uh, that dug me out of uh, lineups where I did have Nick Chubb. So I could have done a lot better had I not been so stubborn about adding him to my lineups. But, yeah, it went very well for week one. Uh, I didn't even mention I am your host, Matt Williams. We are going to get on to the show here. Uh, week two, a lot to cover. Uh, but, uh, the the like we said, the pricing is more normal this week, a little more stable. There's still some great buys that we'll get to, but you know that's it's not like the entire slate where you can. It's pretty much like a no salary cap week, like it was in week one. So let's start the quarterback position. Uh, the first guy I want to talk about is Lamar Jackson, who's uh, 6700 versus Arizona. Uh, this is not a lot of people may think to avoid this because of the giant week he had last year, but. One thing that people overblown in in, uh, DFS is ownership percentage to a degree because you want to keep that in mind, but you don't want to avoid a player who's obviously going to have a big game in your mind. Like if you believe that, you don't want to get rid of a player who's going to have a gigantic game just because you think other people are going to have them. You don't want to be the only person without him if he has a monster game and they're, you know, it's a reasonable salary, but he is 6,700. So there are plays that are cheaper. I like, so I'm not going to have him everywhere, but I definitely will have him in there. I mean, he completely roasted, uh, the dolphins for 324 yards, five touchdowns. Um, and he's going in against Arizona who again, got roasted by Matthew Stafford. So um, I would expect him to have another monster week. Uh, I would not throw in Hollywood Brown. That'll come back to bite me. I guess famous last words. Um, He might be a popular GPP thing. I'm completely on board with stacking him with Ingram and Andrews again, to be honest. Andrews all the time because I think he's always going to lead that team in targets like he did. So for 6,700 versus Arizona, uh, it's going to be a little chalky there. Um, there's a couple There's a couple of chalky picks on the board, which we'll get to another one in a second. That'll probably be more so. But uh, what do you think of Lamar Jackson this week? Uh, are you afraid of the high ownership? Uh, there's obviously another quarterback that's going to take away a little from that. Or uh, do you think Lamar is just one of those uh, guys to ride here? Uh, I'm not super worried about the ownership. I'm kind of like you. I don't. I don't put a lot of stock uh, into uh, that when I'm constructing. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he's QB two this week uh, per the pricing. Um, but I mean, honestly, there's there's so many big names. Like, I mean, Mahomes is always going to have a crew of people that are going to use him, you know, regardless of his pricing. Um, I think I'm going to toss him in a lineup. I usually don't, but I mean, he's yeah. just. Whatever. I've not, he, yeah. he seems lineup proof, so I want to I want to do it for fun. There, plus, there's actually you can actually be very. We'll get to it later in the show. You can actually be quite contrarian with the uh, with the uh, Chiefs this week, and I guess I'll yeah. explain later. Yeah, um, I'm not that worried about it. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm 
I'm interested to see uh, how Arizona actually looks in this game and if uh, the pace of the game is going to look more like it did in that fourth quarter and the overtime uh, against Detroit. They were really uh, pretty slow in that first half. Detroit was able to really kind of grind that game down. But, um, you know, the, the once, once they hit a groove, it, the, you know, that, that offense looked started to look like what we were expecting. And if, if it's going to turn into a high-paced game like that, um, you know, that definitely makes Jackson uh, pretty interesting. And yeah, I mean, yes, he's he's priced up, but um, honestly, we, we haven't hit like the, the crazy high, um, you know, plateaus for some of these quarterbacks yet. So he's still honestly fairly reasonable. And there's a lot of uh, value still to be found um, kind of, you know, all across the positions. So I'm not too worried about. Um, and you only need him to hit. Right you now. only needed him to hit 20 points to hit you a high ROI threshold, and that's for Lamar Jackson, especially if he's going to return to a running floor, which we hope right. to see this week. Yeah. Um, he's one of the he's one of the safer bets to get it. Um, we're not going to talk about Kyler Murray later. So just while we're on the game, uh, you know, he's obviously at Baltimore. I know everyone was kind of excited with the way he ended the game. He entered the fourth quarter with only 70 passing yards and interception. Uh, he ended the game with 238 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> uh, but he's at Baltimore. Uh, I expect him to struggle again long term. He might be a guy we want to consider using um, in the future. But for this week, it's a hard pass. Um, another quarterback uh, before uh, who's next in line is Deshaun Watson. 6,600 versus Jacksonville. He's just a guy that... I mean, Jacksonville, everyone's assuming uh, that their defense is going to bounce back, which I would too. I mean, the Chiefs just destroyed them, but Deshaun Watson is probably matchup proof. He looked great. The offensive line and obviously is still crappy. Tunsil did not look ready. Hopefully that was just uh, him not being a part of the team for long. But um, Watson looked fantastic. He has a ton of weapons now, and I'm pretty happy throwing him anywhere. So in a week where there's a lot of chalky options, you can actually maybe go with Deshaun Watson this week and be a little a little contrarian, which is weird. Um, so I don't want anyone to dismiss him at uh, 6,600 versus Jacksonville, who, um, you know, while Houston's at home, uh, could could uh, be a, a decent enough play. But you know, there there's some other interesting spots at, at quarterback, which uh, Scott, I know the next guy you wanted to mention. Uh, like like yeah, well, everyone wants to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just uh, before we, we move on to the next guy, um, like you're saying, of of the kind of chalkier, you know, picks at quarterback, you know, Watson on paper seems like he has one of the tougher defenses to go, uh, you know, to match up against. Um, so, yeah, you, you can kind of, I think, sneak him in there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if his actual uh, ownership is a little bit lower than uh, you would think, just given his price and who he is and his skill set. But, yeah, anyway, moving on. Uh, I think the biggest chalk play of the week uh, is Tom Brady, 6,400, playing down in Miami. Um, that, never, heard, never heard of him. Uh, yeah, little-known guy. Um, yeah, I mean, he looked great uh, just dissecting the Steelers' secondary. Um, it's just no matter what Pittsburgh wants to do, it just seems like he's able to just have his way with them uh, at home. Uh, they've, they've, they finally switched out of just playing zone against Brady, which was for so long was hilarious that they would just sit back there and let Edelman just run into open space and just let Brady march down the field, uh, you know, uh, as often as he wanted. But yeah, I mean, he looked really good. Um, you know, he missed a couple of throws, uh, whether that's because he's 42 or because it's week one, it's tough to say, but uh, there's also uh, potentially a, a, Little known receiver you might have heard of uh, who might be joining the team for uh, the game down in Miami. That obviously, due to recent uh, developments, is is up in the air a bit. Um, 
but yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you do? Um, approaching stacking. Is it something that you want to avoid? I mean, you can obviously just go with, we'll get to, you know, maybe like a Brady Michelle stack, but as far as going with a wide receiver, not knowing the fate of Antonio Brown, does that, does that kind of like make you shy away from wanting to stack him with a wide receiver? Yeah. If, honestly, I, I would go naked Brady. Um, just cause you know, even when you look at his box score uh, from week one, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty spread out. Uh, Edelman, uh, I think had the most targets, but you know, he, it, you know, Gordon wasn't a super high volume, uh, you know, you know, didn't have a super high target share there. Um, it was actually, I think the two running backs, uh, I think Michelle, um, not Michelle, geez, definitely not Michelle, uh, white and Burkhead, uh, I think <laughs> sexy Rexy, he's alive. <laughs> yeah. Where, where I think they were two and three for, uh, targets in the game. So, um, if, but I would also think that, um, you know, they want to try to get the run game going a bit in this game. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to use Brady, I would think that you just want to uh, kind of, you know, leave him by himself. And honestly, I, I'm kind of treating Brady the same way I, I treated Lamar uh, week one against Miami, where um, you expect a solid game, but you don't know uh, if there's going to be enough competition put up against him to, to really elevate him uh, to like a super high floor. Obviously, Lamar. Uh, made that whole argument look foolish uh, in week one, but um, you don't really know um, what's going to happen uh, as far as how this offense is going to look. Um, you know, we could just see Belichick to go with an offensive game plan where they do run it like 50 times, or they could just, you know, do whatever and have a very vanilla game. Uh, I would expect there's really not going to be a whole lot that they're going to have to do to win this game. So uh, maybe they just kind of, do a this is just kind of a, a just enough game where uh, they're not too worried about blowing them out. They're just gonna kind of get in there, execute, get, keep everybody healthy, and just get out of there. Yeah. Um, at the same price, if you wanted to go a different direction, Carson Wentz. I'm not on the main slate on Sunday night. 6400 at Atlanta. Atlanta obviously got taken to uh, taken to town uh, by the Vikings, uh, who just ran it down their throat. Uh, but uh, the you know the the Eagles got off to a rough start. Really came on in the second half against Washington. Um, Wentz looked fantastic. He obviously has a ton of weapons there too. So against Atlanta, who still whose defense is in theory at least the secondary is improved from what was last year. Now that they're healthy, uh, they're still uh, they're still flawed. And uh, Philadelphia looks like they could be one of the better. Uh, offenses in the entire NFL. So uh, not too much to dive into there. Uh, just a so solid quarterback uh, that, you know, other people will be looking in other directions. So if you want to differentiate yourself, I'm sure Wentz will have a solid game there. Uh, no issues starting him or even stacking him with like all Sean. Yeah, just just be careful, though, because uh, according to their social media, uh, the Falcons are pissed. So uh, <laughs> just just watch out. And that, that matters. Yes. Uh, for a hundred dollars less, you can go with Mr. Dak Prescott, who is uh, uh, coming off a monster game versus the uh, juggernaut known as the New York Giants. So uh, now he gets to travel to Washington, D.C. to travel to to face another uh, tough tough opponent in the Washington Redskins. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about Mr. Dak? Yeah, I mean he looked great. Um, you know, didn't. The, there was a pretty even split uh, with the running back situation. Uh, I think, um, you know, Zeke Elliott's presence um, and, and how much work he was going to get, uh, you know, maybe uh, led to a bit more work in the past game. But, uh, you know, he's he's going to probably be closer to, um, 
you know, maybe not a full workload uh, this week, but uh, he's going to be in there more than his, he's going to get more than his 13 carries, I would think, uh, in this game. But still, Dak looked really good. I mean, the guy wants to, you know, he wants to earn his money. Uh, and, you know, he had, you know, over 400 yards passing, four touchdowns, just his second career, four touchdown game. Uh, it's actually odd because the last uh, game he played, uh, he had four touchdowns as well. So he's on a odd little uh, streak for him. Uh, also, his highest QB rating for a single game uh, was last week against the Giants. So he looked sharp. Um, you know, he, he was able to really maximize uh, things with Gallup. Uh, Cooper looked okay. Um, wasn't uh, a huge game breaker, but had a really solid line at the end of the game. Um, this, Randall this Cobb offense, also involved too. Yeah. I mean, this really offense weird. looked good. They, they got, they got both tight ends uh, Jason into the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- this offense is not missing a beat with or without Zeke, um, you know, uh, being fully, you know, game ready, but yeah, this is a, a this offense is as advertised. This is they are as good as we thought they were going to be, uh, and Washington did really nothing to scare me away from from, from you you know targeting them as a, as a defense. Um, you know they just gave up the fifth most uh, plays uh, to the Eagles, and honestly, the Eagles looked like shit for the first half. They looked terrible um, before. They look really... hung over. They look hung over. <laughs> yeah, they did not look good. Um, and as soon as they kind of uh, woke up and figured out, like, oh, wait a minute, we should be beating these guys. It was pretty easy pickings in that from that yep. point on. So uh, that's more the, the the experience I'm expecting the Cowboys to have. Yeah, and um, Dak actually has uh, some good recent games against Washington. Over the last three contests with them, he's averaging over 23 fantasy points a game and uh, seven touchdowns over those three games, too. So uh, he's done well against them, who, who they're a fairly similar team. Um for a couple hundred less, you can go Philip Rivers, who's at Detroit, who um, Arizona obviously showed at the second half can be beaten. They have a tough front seven. Uh, but, uh, you know, other than Darius Slay, they're not really uh, a scary team as far as being run on. The, the, they obviously got dealt a bad couple, uh, a bad, some bad news today with Hunter Henry going down for looks like four to six weeks at minimum. Mike Williams now looks like uh, the knee injury may be more of a concern. So I was thinking about using Philip Rivers here um, before this news came out. So I'm not sure if I'm still on this. I I love this for Austin Eckler, who I was when I was going to use Rivers, the idea would be to stack him with Eckler uh, because, you know, I, I assumed that, you know, he looked like he was in RB1 territory now. He um, was obvious workload, but he gets a lot of passes. Just I love to use the quarterback with the pass catching running backs. I'm still kind of interested in it because I still think they're good enough um, to to hang here. I mean, Detroit is not, you know, is <laughs> Detroit is not the Chicago Bears. They're not going to completely shut them down. Keenan Allen is still a thing. Uh, so uh, if anything, maybe we'll see Eckler get uh, a few more passes here. So it's something I'm not as considering. I still love Eckler here. I don't know if I'm definitely going to go with Rivers because uh, we'll have to see what's happening with Mike Williams. So stay tuned on that. I, if he's healthy, I definitely like to play a lot more. But with all this news, I might be shying away from it a bit. Yeah, it worries me a little bit. Um, yeah, it's tough uh, to, to be down uh, Henry definitely and, and possibly Williams. Um, it makes that a little bit tougher. They're going to be playing uh, on the road in Detroit. In Detroit, like I said, like we talked about uh, in that week one game, really slowed down the pace. Um, and if they're able to kind of keep control of the pace of that game and really kind of limit the volume for Rivers, uh, I don't know if 6,100 
um, is, is really going to be where I want to invest a quarterback. No, I mean, um, I talked myself out of it while I was saying, I mean, I said <laughs> I liked it before. Now it's no way. I mean, I, on the other side of the ball for 5,200, I love Matthew Stafford. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, was guess, well, yeah, we can talk they, about the it way now. They look. I mean, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him now because, you know, we're in yeah. the game. Um, TJ Hawkinson, Danny Amendola look great. Uh, he obviously is taking advantage of those like intermediate throws, although Hawkinson's um, a dot was actually pretty long. So they were using him deeper down the field. Uh, and that was with Galladay being OK and Marvin Jones not being actually involved that much. So uh, if Stafford's healthy and spreading the ball around, he has plenty of options and dangerous players that he didn't even fully utilize. So I love him this week um, going against uh, the the Chargers, and he's one of the cheaper guys you can throw up there. So I do love Stafford. Yeah, I mean, he's he's still one of the lowest-priced, you know, starting quarterbacks. And, you know, he's a very good quarterback. We kind of touched on this a little bit um, during the recap show, but uh, it's weird the kind of complete lack of respect he's been getting. he is, you know, he's typically been in the top, you know, a Q, like in the top 10 QBs uh, at the end of the year for his fantasy rank. And, you know, he's getting priced down, uh, way down. Uh, and, and really, that's not a matchup that is, is super scary. Um, yeah, I, I just don't understand the pricing for him here, uh, especially given what he just did last week. But yeah, yeah I, I, and the I Chargers like the are nowhere near the uh, threat on defense they were due to their injuries. You know, uh, they're missing a few key players and. Uh, even though the line of 190 yards and two touchdowns doesn't look like a lot, they gave up to Jacoby Brissett. That was on 21 of 27 passing in a game where Marlon Mack just ran the ball over on yeah. them. So yep. I think that Stafford should be able to take advantage of this Chargers defense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and, and you know, that's what that offense wants to do, right? Is they, they want to establish that run and then, um, you know, Seahawks style, just, uh, you know, play, do more stuff off of the play action. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely going to have some staffer exposure again this week. Uh, that's just a really good price for not that scary of a matchup at home. Yep. Uh, here's a guy that should be chalk and won't be. Um, and that's Ben Roethlisberger for 5,800 uh, at home, most importantly, at home versus Seattle, a team that just got victimized by Andy Dalton. Uh, this... I think would have a lot to do with how Juju is. Uh, he, he looks like he's probably definitely going to play. We want to see how healthy he is because missing Juju is a big deal. We mentioned last week, everyone in like season long is talking about dropping James Washington, dropping Dante Moncrief, who had obviously his own dropping issues. But mm-hmm. um, he Moncrief got targeted 10 times. Um, so that, you know, early season targets tend to stick with a player, at least early on. And they were facing those cover corners that we had talked about. And it was always going to be a difficult matchup. Um, Ben doesn't do well on the road. It was just all bad (laughs) for, for, for Ben Roethlisberger. Now he's at home versus an opponent, just like ripe to be taken advantage of. Uh, How do you like Roethlisberger this week? I I actually really like Roethlisberger a lot. Uh, I think the week one performance is going to scare a lot of people off. Um, and you're right. Like we can't over you can't underestimate how good that defense was from a matchup standpoint against Pittsburgh. Um, you know, they were able to really lock down Juju until like he, you know, he, he padded the stats a little bit later in the game when the, when the outcome was well in hand for new England, but yeah, uh, until they can get consistent wide receiver two production out of either Washington or Moncrief or even Deontay Johnson, um, they, they're going to struggle. Um, especially if you have, 
the personnel to really lock down Juju. Um, I would expect Vance McDonald gets worked a bit more into the game plan. Um, yep. I would expect they're going to be trying to establish the run game a little bit more, get, uh, you know, get Connor going. Um, yeah, I, I really do expect a solid bounce back here. Um, it was just a bad game. It was just a bad matchup. We saw road Ben. Uh, that's, you know, been a thing. it's a thing. It's a it's, thing. It's, it's been a thing. It's, hey, if it's Juju is thing. if Juju is healthy and we're confident in that, I mean, I feel like he should be the chalk play of the week. There's so many good ones. Brady, this is, I think, where you can think about um, ownership percentage if you want to differentiate yourself, where Brady's obviously going to light people up. But for a significant discount, <laughs> you can go for uh, Roethlisberger, who I think is just going to destroy Seattle. Uh, so he's a guy I would cons- I, he's in that weird position where I'm comfortable enough to throw him in a cash lineup, but I don't think, I think the ownership will be low enough for me to be happy putting him in GPP. So I do plan on using the upper guys we talked about. You got to have a lineup with Brady in it, but I plan on sprinkling around Roethlisberger quite a few lineups of, of Juju's healthy. Yeah. And, uh, if you can use that $600 savings from Brady to, to Roethlisberger, um, you can throw that towards the defense. You can do something with it, definitely. Um, I, I like I like Roethlisberger a lot this week. Yep. Uh, for $500 less, Josh Allen. Uh, again, you do not have to be a good quarterback to be useful in fantasy football, everybody. And he proved that. You know, getting that rushing touchdown, all of a sudden his game didn't look too bad. And he's only 5,300. Sticking around in New York. I don't think I've ever seen this. At Jets, at Giants, two weeks in a row. It, it probably has happened. But has it happened? I don't even remember seeing it. Uh, who knows? It's probably, I mean, it probably has. I'm sure it has. Yeah, there has to have been another season where uh, either an AFC East or an NFC East team uh, was playing the East, you know, team from the other conference and just had these back to back where they were both in uh, either you know Giant Stadium or uh, the Meadowlands or whatever uh, it was then or is now. <laughs> But yeah, okay. no, it, it is. It is funny. Like I, I, in my mind, I just, uh, I'm just picturing, like picturing, um, them just like staying in that visitors' locker room, not even cleaning out the locker room, just staying yeah. there and just like practicing as if it's their home field. <laughs> and I mean, the, um, the Giants just got beat up real bad by Dak, Dak Prescott, who obviously people have more confidence in. But uh, Allen, from a passing perspective, didn't actually look too bad. Um, you know, they they won the game versus the Jets mostly due to the Jets, but. Uh, you know, they were down 16 point at halftime. Uh, Allen ended up coming on at the end, getting that rushing touchdown, we said. But I think that with the floor he gives you with the running and with his I think he's improving a little bit as a passer. We saw he has that nice safety blanket with Cole Beasley. I think that uh, he's a def- decent enough play for 5200 I or for uh, no for 5300 But with Stafford, $100 less and Roethlisberger, only 500 more. I don't know how much I will be investing in him. I will have at least one lineup with the bills. Um, John Brown's going to have actually a, a kind of a tough uh, one-on-one matchup for him. But, mm-hmm. um, but in general, I mean, Josh Allen, you know, he, he, he's always a guy you can consider in GPP because of the, the roof he could blow off with his, uh, his, his legs. Yeah. And um, this, I mean, we can get more into this later, but uh, really I would just, Love to see Buffalo just give up on Frank Gore as a thing. Just feature Singletary. Never. Um, oh Never. God, it's just, he's like Voldemort. He just drinks uh, uniform blood. And he's good. It's 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 so frustrating. But yeah, I, I like you for all the reasons you said. Uh, really solid floor because of the rushing work. And you know, even if Brown uh, gets locked up with uh, with Jenkins, 
he's got other options. Like he's, he's shown that he's comfortable throwing to the other receivers that he has. Um, even though Zay Jones didn't really do too much, uh, with his four targets, but, um, yeah, like you said, like you mentioned, he's got that nice little, uh, security blanket now in Cole Beasley. Um, I know. Hey, if you have a security blanket in a, a nice slot receiver and you have a security blanket in his rushing floor, he, he, he actually is one of the safer GPP lottery tickets you could ask for. Right. And, you know, are we really that afraid of, of the Giants, uh, you know, making him, you know, pull no, out a Peterman style game? No, we're no. not. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, right, yeah. The last guy we're going to talk about is Derek Carr, uh, who. I know. I, I am rooting for this guy. I loved his post game. I loved his post game uh, talking about Antonio Brown. That was classic. Um, you know, he had a really good game uh, against Denver, which I know you're going to break down Derek Carr for us in a second. But I mean, I love Carr this week. I mean, you actually have options of who you want to stack him with. That's where we're at for week two, folks. Not only is Derek Carr a very legitimate play in DFS, you can seriously consider stacking him, if not multi-stacking him with multiple Raiders. Yeah, honestly, uh, it's not a bad idea. Um, and obviously, you get you get a little bit of a price break here just because of uh, with like the the timing of the the price releasing. Um, you know, they, they they didn't really get uh, the Monday night uh, scouting report that the rest of us did, but he looked beyond competent. He looked good uh, against a, a good defense. Um, you know, only had four incompletions that whole game. You know, you you would wish that the yardage, uh, you know, could have been a little bit higher. But honestly, like, was making really sound decisions. Was doing not was doing non Derek Carr things. Was protecting the ball. Was being sharp with his passes. Was hitting his receivers uh, in you know in spots that uh, you know where it was just going to be them or nothing. And you know, was giving his guys a chance to make play uh, make a play with the ball. Uh, they, you know, we we've heard all off season long about, you know, all the talk about Darren, uh, Darren Waller and, you know, what a athletic freak he is and how much they liked him. And he showed up. Uh, so if he's going to have uh, Waller be just step right into that Jared Cook tight end role. Uh, and we know that, you know, Gruden's talked a lot about how the tight end is really a major, major part of what that offense wants to do. Um, and if he's able to just step right in, be, uh, you know, a top 10 tight end, you know, Tyrell Williams looked really good. Uh, Josh Jacobs looked great in his, you know, professional debut. Um, I'd love it if some of these other receivers could kind of step up and be, uh, you know, a bit more um, of a viable option for him. But, uh, you know, that's fine. Uh, this is a defense that just got lit up by uh, Gardner Minshew. And the big thing for me, that was actually really surprising was how good the Oakland offensive line looked against that Denver Broncos pass rush. No sacks, zero sacks allowed uh, by Oakland in that game. So um, yeah, there's, there's nothing about Kansas city that I think should scare anybody just like last year. Um, there's nothing that should scare uh, anybody, um, you know, from a defensive standpoint, and you know, the pace is going to be up because of game script here. Um, neither one of these defenses are fantastic. Um, so, yeah, this could be a very entertaining uh, AFC West uh, matchup here. Yep. And that does it for the uh, the quarterbacks. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of options here, but uh, kind of top top heavy and bottom heavy um, pretty much for cash and GPP. There's a lot of good options at both the top and bottom end. Moving on to running backs uh, at the very top for the Thursday night game for anyone playing. You got Christian McCaffrey at 9,400. That's kind of self-explanatory. Uh, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. They're really bad. Christian McCaffrey's in for 100% of the snaps. 
for the Carolina Panthers, and he is their offense. So uh, he's just a guy that no matter how much he costs, he's always a guy you can consider for cash lineups. Yeah, I mean, and we we I, we we just talked last week about fade the Thursday matchups usually, but if you wanted to throw CMC in, there's no reason that's a, a bad idea. If you've got the money uh, and you want to and you want to pay up for you know the high price guy of the week, uh, yeah, go ahead and do it. Also, as a side note, did you see the play? Where he tried to hurdle Weddle and like crack the guy's skull open with like his yeah, thigh. I didn't see the play. What I saw was uh, Weddle on the sideline that he appeared to be bleeding to death. Oh, it was brutal. So like I, I was, I this was actually a play I happened to catch live, and um, it just uh, just from the quick replays uh, that they were showing initially, like you could see that Weddle was like unconscious, like immediately. It was just one of those kind of he was out. Um, and then when he, once the staff came over like you saw them kind of panicking well not panicking but like there was a little bit more urgency in what they were doing than normal when somebody just gets knocked out like that and uh they were getting the helmet off and then as soon as the helmet came off and they had him sit up like you just saw his head was just covered in blood and like it was just everywhere it looked terrible like i i I hope he's fine um from everything i've seen says he's okay but man it was and it was really weird because it wasn't even like uh, McCaffrey caught him flush with his knee. It was like I said, it was kind of just his thigh on like a yeah. uh, on like a hurdle attempt, um, which is you know CMC dangerous. Yeah. Oh man, that guy. <laughs> oh, I I would not want to uh, get on his bad side. Let me just say that. Yeah. Um. For for twelve hundred less, which is quite the discount. Uh, you mm. can go with Alvin Kamara. At the Rams for pretty much the same reason. I mean, obviously, he's not going to have the workload that McCaffrey did, uh, but he's going to be very involved uh, in, in a uh, in a game that's probably going to be decently high scoring. Um, I have no issue there. I mean, it's you know it, he's Alvin Kamara, you know, so it's going to he's always a guy that uh, is could possibly uh, return plenty of uh, uh, on your investment. Uh, is there any particular reason you like Kamara this week, or it's just you know he's just as long as he's not in there against a juggernaut defense, he's always a good play. I mean, if you are, if you've got the, the, the salary form that there's honestly like all these top running backs, like Kamara, Barkley, CMC, uh, Zeke, once he's fully in game shape, they're never going to be terrible plays. Um, you know, you have to temper your expectations, obviously, once you get to this level of pricing, um, but yeah, I mean, all of these guys are, are easily capable of putting up 20 plus points and not really even having to do a lot of work to get there. Um, you know, the Rams do not concern me at all. Um, I really don't think that uh, that defense has, is is fully, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, one that you're going to avoid for any reason at this point. So, uh, and, and like you said, you would expect that this is going to be a high scoring game. So uh, I, I like Kamara, the skill set um, with his pass catching ability is always going to give him uh, a really interesting, um, you know, upside to uh, his pricing as a running back. Um, and, you know, he does a lot of the same things that CMC does. It's just a matter of like the volume isn't quite there. Uh, hence the discount, but yeah, uh, which is Man. funny because early on last year when Mark Ingram was out, he showed he can be Christian McCaffrey. He showed yes. he can. Yeah. Uh, he was the uh, running back one, but they're just they just don't want to do it. Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, you know, Latavius Murray is going to be, uh, you know, kind of an annoying thorn in the side of, uh, you know, Camara owners all year. Uh, but, you know, that's they know better than we do, I guess. Uh, you know, they see him every day in practice and they kind of just figured this is how they're going to uh, keep him healthy or at yep. least try to. 
Um, for significantly less, you can get James Conner for 6,800, which versus Seattle maybe doesn't scream like a great play, especially with how horrible he looked in week one with a guy that a lot of people were skeptical in coming off the offseason. So, Matt, why on earth are you recommending him? Uh, there's a few interesting guys that just jump off to me as a good contrarian play for GPP, even if they're higher priced. I expect Pittsburgh to win this game pretty handedly at home. I, I, I think that they're going to be upset. Um, and Seattle's not going to be able to do anything to stop it. Um, so I think that the, they'll be throwing the ball a lot. I think they will involve Connor in the passing game quite a bit, and then uh, hopefully he'll get a lot of actual groundwork, regardless of how good Seattle's front is. I think that uh, Connor could be in for a decent game. For only 6,800, I think that uh, he's, a, he's a decent guy to throw in there. Um you know, maybe even stack with Ben, uh, you know, as, as something different to do that. I think it's a completely g- legitimate play you can make. Yeah. With, um, with, with risk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm probably not as high on this as you are. Um, I don't I, say I, I'm high. I, well, <laughs> I could be high, but you know, it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's something no one's going to do. Uh, and that's yeah. the appeal yeah. for me. I can see the ceiling and I don't see many people trying to tap it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, the, the talent is definitely there. And, you know, just like we talked about with Ben, um, you know, you they can't look any worse um, than they did in that opening in that opener. Uh, I think you're right. They're going to want to come out and make a statement at home, uh, kind of put the fans at ease a bit here, get themselves at ease a bit and uh, just prove to themselves that, yes, no, like we're still a very good offense here. Um, Honestly, if Juju's out, I may love this even more. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it really kind of does depend on uh, how uh, that past game is going to look, um, if he's in or not. But uh, yeah, it, he's definitely somebody I'll have at least some minimal exposure to because of yeah, just the complete uh, you know fading of, of him that a lot of other people are going to probably uh, you know want to do after week one. Yep. Uh, for $500 less, you can get Leonard Fournette for $6,300. Uh, he's at Houston. Uh, so two things with that. The Jacksonville Jaguars, regardless of how they look last week, they're going to want to run the ball all year. Uh, Fournette, even after last week, still has a very legitimate chance to lead the league in rushing if he can stay healthy. Houston's defense is not that scary. Um, so for 6300 for the guy that could potentially get uh, a million carries, uh, you can't go wrong with that. All, you know, If he sneaks into the end zone, uh, you have an easy ROI there. Leonard Fournette, if they're going to keep him in that range, um, as long as it's a not in a, against a shutdown, complete shutdown defense, he's again a guy that is completely fine to throw into either GP into cash or uh, GPP lineups. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've I've been on Fournette uh, for season long, uh, kind of all off season. Uh, that kind of got thrown, uh, you know, a little bit for a loop uh, after uh, Foles went down. But you know, if if this is the big unknown, is, is what happens with Minshew, but. Uh, on this, in, this, in the same token here, uh, you know, Fournette, they talked up a lot about his involvement in the pass game. Um, you know, even if Minshew isn't good, you know, Fournette got six targets in that game uh, last week against Kansas City. Um, if they're down because Minshew's bad, you know, Fournette's still going to be in there. Uh, they're still going to be probably chasing points if Minshew is bad. Um, so, you know, even, you know, even, uh, you know, if, if the rushing numbers aren't there, he could definitely hit a solid ROI with the receiving work. And honestly, there's just, there's just nobody else that's going to take the touches away. I mean, yeah. there's one carry uh, for the rookie Armstead uh, and that was it as far as the running backs. Um, and when you look at uh, the actual, like the pass game, um, yeah, Armstead also one, one target. 
that's it. So other than that, it was uh, Swaim and O'Shaughnessy uh, from tight end, and then just the you know poo poo platter of Jacksonville <laughs> wide receivers. Um, so yeah, I, I like Fournette. The volume was gonna be there in this game, um, whether uh, Minshew's good or bad. So uh, he is an RB one. He's gonna get a ton of work. Um, yeah, and, and honestly, that's another that's another one that people are probably. I would expect a lot of people are gonna be too afraid to throw Minshew in. Uh, on the road in Houston. So uh, I, I kind of like, I, I mean, I, I more than kind of, I do like Fournette a lot, probably more than I should. Yep, I am with that. And for $100 less, you have the Ben Roethlisberger of running backs this week, a guy who should, should be chalk that probably won't be. Um, I expect a little higher uh, ownership with him than we were saying with Roethlisberger, but Sony Michelle is only 6,200 at Miami. People would get scared off because last week in that stinker of a game, obviously the Patriots won, but he had 15 carries for only 14 yards, whereas Rex Burke had eight carries for 44 yards. Um, so people could be thinking that, uh, the, you know, maybe this is, uh, maybe the other guys are going to step up. I, I wouldn't think that at all. I, w- I would think that you never know what to expect out of Belichick, but what I do expect is for him to try to, uh, get Michelle involved heavily in this game. I think we talked about it before. You'll talk about it in a second. Uh, but they're facing the dolphins who just gave up 265 rushing yards and a couple of touchdowns, like almost six yards per carry to Baltimore. Um, so I think that Sony Michelle is a, a great pick this week for only 6200 um and i would sneak them in there in both cash and gpp lineups yeah like you know we again we, we talked about, the, uh, about this a little bit when we were talking about brady but uh yeah i mean there's there's every chance that uh you know belichick just goes completely vanilla in this game uh just because there's really uh not much form against miami here uh and he could just easily throw Michelle out there and just let him get, you know, 26 carries and uh, just grind it out and let some of the other running backs get some carries too and just kind of slow this game way down, just eat up the clock and just get out of there with an easy win. So uh, I don't I don't like Michelle for cash. Uh, he's For me, he's more of a GPP play. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested, definitely. And if, if people are going to be afraid of um, – Okay, hold on. Why, why don't you like him for cat? I like him only because of how cheap he is that I figure I can do get the guys I want. I think he's probably one of the better options in that price range. How come you don't like him for cash? I just want for, – for me, for cash, I want either somebody who I know is going to have a higher receiving floor or I, I know exactly kind of more what the, the rushing volume is going to look like. And – the thing is, you know, with with Burkhead healthy, we, we talk about this all the time. Burkhead and like in Sproles too is kind of another one of those guys that when they're healthy, it really throws off the the actual like market share for what the other running backs that are in that backfield with them kind of end up getting. Um, and it, it is a bit frustrating. Uh, but yeah, Burkhead, we've seen when he's healthy, he gets a lot more action than people want to, you know, just give him credit for, you know, when you're heading into the game, uh, he's a thing. Like he really is. There's a reason that they went out and got him. Uh, they've been really high on him ever since they signed him. So, um, it doesn't, it for, for Patriots fans, I don't think it's surprising to see the amount of work that he gets. Uh, I think for, for casual fans who are just looking only at that team for fantasy purposes, it kind of catches them off guard. And like I said, it just, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, he, you know, Michelle could get 30 carries this game. He could get 12. And, you know, you yeah, see White I, and Burkhead you, get worked in there, too. I can see the concern because I think that for his salary, even though it's lower, 
with with the uh, lack of a receiving floor, like you're saying, he probably will have to f- need to find the end zone to yeah. give you that full return that you want. And it's it's tough to rely on that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, for a hundred dollars less, you can get Austin Eckler, who I love. I'll probably love him every single week until they price him up. He's an RB one. He's just not being priced that way. Uh, he looks like the this looks every little bit like the the James Conner situation from a year ago. And no, I'm not really calling him James Conner, but you know the the running back holding out. They have a guy step in to take his role, and you, you, they don't look like he missed a beat, and he doesn't. They don't look like they dropped off at all from Elvin Gordon in week one. He looked fantastic. He's going at Detroit. Um, he's going to get all the work. Uh, at least that's what it looks like. You know, we'll see. It's still only one week. We'll see what Justin Jackson still has to say uh, going forward. But for $6,100, uh, I, I I love uh, throwing him in there. Like I said, I would have loved to throw him in there with Rivers maybe as a sneaky stack. But now with all their issues, I may not. But I still like Eckler regardless. Yeah, like a lot. Uh, like Eckler a lot. Um, there's nothing about what he did in week one uh, that should scare you off of uh, – using him again. Uh, he's good. He's just really good. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. Uh, for $100 less is actually my cash lineup running back of the week, Derek Henry. And anyone who listens uh, to the show knows how much we hate Derek Henry. He's a nightmare, and he's going to stab me in the back one more time this week because he's, um, he's going in so many of my lineups. <laughs> um, 19 carries for 84 yards, um, 4.4 yards per carry and a touchdown. And he has 75-yard touchdown reception on a screen, which is great. And everyone's like, oh, you take out that pass, and he didn't have really have that good of a game. Well, no, he had a pretty good game. Yeah, he was um, fine. And, it, it, if you take and, out that pass, it's more Mariota that didn't have a good game. Yeah, and and the thing is, he's they're gonna they're gonna run the living crap out of the ball and versus Indianapolis, that's probably what they're gonna do still. Um, and the thing is, Derrick Henry has those. If you remember all those big games he had at the end of the year, he's a big dude. But once he gets that head of steam going, he just pal- plows you over, and he has those big runs in him. So maybe he you take away a seventy five yard t- uh, touchdown screen, he could have a seventy five yard touchdown run. He has big plays in him for a big dude. So um, yeah, I think for six thousand. And he's probably one of the smartest plays you can have on the entire board, as far as I'm concerned, in any, any position. I love Derrick Henry this week. Uh, yeah, two things. Uh, one, yeah, I, I might just have to get over <laughs> it and use him. Uh, I'm going to hate it, but yeah, I'm, you're right. It's, it's it's probably just time to do it. And, and two, and we can, we can edit out the majority of this, but wh- why, when people say... Um, like, oh, like you just said, they're going to run the living crap out of the ball. Or like uh, when people say like, oh, you scared the living shit out of me. Like, why is it more impressive to in that in that expression, scare a living crap out of somebody <laughs> or do something, you know, to elicit a living crap versus a dead crap? I don't it's just I, it's it just strikes me as odd every time I hear it. I don't know. We're not going to dive into that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for $200 less, here's a guy we're going to disagree on. I already know this ahead of time. Damian Williams, 5,800 at Oakland. No one's playing him, but me, I'm playing him. Uh, he's 5,800 and he's a GPP threat. He was in the last game, even when he didn't look well, Deshaun McCoy looked like the better runner. If you had never seen either of them, you just came down from Mars. Deshaun McCoy looked like the running back and Damian Williams didn't, but uh, they're going to split the work. If they split the work 50, 50 on the ground again, and he still gets that kind of work, but he's more productive than he was with the carries he was given, which I think he will be against Oakland. Um, and he still gets those, uh, that work in the passing game, give him 60 yards, rushing, give him 60 yards, receiving and a touchdown. 
uh, he he more than exceeds the ROI you need with all those receptions he's getting. So I think for 5,800 at Oakland, I would be fine stacking him with like Mahomes uh, and, and being, or, you know, using him by himself. I'd be perfectly fine with this because I don't think anyone's going to use him at all for GPP. And his return on investment for his salary is really not that hard to achieve considering the workload he's almost guaranteed to get, even splitting carries with LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy may be a good play as well for being far cheaper, uh, who we could talk about separately as well. But I think more people will. I think there's a very legitimate chance LaShawn McCoy's ownership is higher than Damian Williams this week. But like I said 60 60 and a touchdown. I not only think that's possible, I think it's probable. And uh, I think he could exceed that if, you know, he just has a couple of good plays here or there, which he had zero against Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, uh, everything you said is true, but it makes more sense if you just substitute in the name LaShawn McCoy for <laughs> Damian Williams. And it, like you mentioned, he's $1,100 cheaper. So I, I, I just I, I, I think like the that Damian process. is still the, I'm, I'm, I think Damian's still the pass catcher. I think that's the thing for me. I still think they're going to yeah. use Damian as the pass catcher. Yeah. That's that's although no, I mean I'm just saying you you were wondering why that's that's my reason. Yeah, no, I, I I get I listen, the reasoning is all solid. Um I'm 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 with you for um you know the majority of what you said, but in my mind I'm just completely you know searching replacing McCoy, how, McCoy, how McCoy for Williams. I don't we, I don't I didn't write him down. How much is McCoy? He's eleven hundred less. He's forty seven hundred. Forty seven hundred, okay, cool. Yeah. I mean I, I I like the play, I like the thought process. It's just probably not something I'm gonna do. He's the Derrick Henry this year. You just don't want him. You're not going to, you can't make me. I don't want him. <laughs> uh, so uh, for 4,900, you can go with David Montgomery at Denver, who who uh, made everyone want to pull their hair out last week. Um, and well, no one, again, I, I don't think it was, it wasn't, it wasn't Montgomery that we yeah, were yeah, upset Nagy. at. Matt Nagy yes, won it. Yes. Um, so as an Aaron Jones uh, fan uh, with the Jamal Williams, I can feel your pain, everybody. This is why I like David Montgomery. Again, it's a contrarian week, apparently. 4,900. If Matt Nagy learns his lesson, you easily get your ROI. Um, if the game script is probably going to be favorable uh, and he gets a, he breaks a big play, you can return ROI. No one is going to be using him. Uh, and I think against Denver, it's a very strong possibility with how bad Trubisky looked that they're going to really try to um, rely on the running game more than letting Trubisky throw the ball that many times. So I think that uh, it's very risky here. And you might be better off even going with uh, Tariq Cohen for 4,500, who appears to be a slot receiver. But against uh, Denver, I think that Montgomery could be a sneaky play here. Uh, hopefully we don't see Mike Davis out of the gate as the first guy in the backfield. Ugh. So this is completely risky. But for GPP and a guy that a lot of people probably won't be on, I think that uh, for 4,900, you can't get many more talented people than Montgomery. I mean, every time he touched the ball, he looked good. And Matt Nagy had to have seen that. So um, I'm going to try to get at least one, you know, a couple of plays in there, a couple of shares in, because I'm hoping Nagy saw what we saw. He saw what happened with Josh Jacobs getting all those carries and what can happen uh, when you actually give your rookie the ball more. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, again, this is the same, this is a similar case to what you're talking about with, with, with Williams. Um, and yeah, if, if we can, uh, if you can get over how he looked in week one, um, then yeah, there's certainly a, a good opportunity. How he was here. used, not looked. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, if, if you can get over the, the, the optics of the box score in week one, I'll say that, but you're yes. right. Like when he had the ball, I mean, I don't think there was a single play 
where he had the ball in his hand where you thought ah, he could have gotten more than that. Like he got every single possible bit of yardage that he could have. Uh, yeah, he squeezed it out like beast yes. mode almost like yeah. we're like, all right, the play is dead. Nope. He, he got a little more out of it. it was, yeah. It was yeah. And, and like you, you love to see, you know, anytime you've got those running backs that just always end up falling forward, just pick up that extra yard or two or three every single time. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's how he looked. And I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine that, that that Joe Flacco is going to um, pose any kind of threat to that Chicago defense. And he said, he said his name off on Joe Flacco. Oh, just, you know, what a... Oh, How God. dare you? How he's dare a, you even... He's a terrible quarterback. He's been a terrible quarterback for a long time. Um, and, yeah, he's going to get eaten alive by this defense. Uh, if, if they can bottle up Aaron Rodgers, um, I, I can... The, the, the mind you know, is, 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 is blown at the thoughts of, of how bad, you know, Flacco is going to look, uh, going against them. So if that's the case, uh, and you want to kind of save Trubisky from himself, like you just got to run the ball more. And I think even Nicky was talking after the game about, yeah, I, I should have run the ball more. Um, so yeah, hopefully he learned his lesson and gives the ball more to, uh, David Montgomery. Yeah, for $200 less, you can get the rookie who was actually given the ball, Josh Jacobs, uh, against Kansas city. Um, but before we talk about Josh Jacobs at 4,700, let's talk about Jalen Richard at 3,300. What Who? happened Who? to Jalen Richard? <laughs> yeah. He got one carry or, or zero carries or what he, one target. Was it one target and no carries or something? He literally had like one touch in the game. Yeah, it what? was, uh, Why? it was one carry. What the hell? What happened here? I mean, I want to say he's a great play for this week, but I mean, maybe they don't they don't plan on using him at all. John Jacobs had like all of the carries. So, I mean, I actually almost don't want to play either of them because I don't trust what we saw in week one is actually how the backfield split's going to work going forward because it was too wonky. I mean, what do you make of these? I mean, uh, if, if you didn't watch game one and you had no idea, Richard would look like a very nice pick versus Kansas City at 3300 but now I mean I can't see even that cheap how I can even talk myself into it yeah um I'm a, I, I like Jacobs I think this is actually going to be a very popular pick just given how he looked on a big stage um, although I think the game script though I mean they're gonna get I think I mean no matter how good Oakland looked last week I mean there's a very good chance they get buried <laughs> And yeah, I mean, are you, behind, are you, you know? are you that worried about the Kansas City defense? Like, even if uh, no, I, I'm worried. Is, I'm no, no, no. I'm is, worried is about points. Yeah, I think Kansas City is just going to um, convert constantly. Where I don't think Oakland will every time, and I just think they'll just be behind uh, by a couple of scores in score and a half early. And I don't think they'll be able to run the ball as much as Gruden would like. Like the last game, they had that luxury. Yeah. I, I can see, you know, I, it's more about the Oakland defense being much worse. Yeah. Um, and in the Kansas city offense being that good, look what they did to Jacksonville. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, there's, there's other plays I'd much rather have. Jacobs yeah. wasn't really used much in the, in the passing game. It's just, it's, it's, you know, it's a boring pick. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, the the, the, the name value is going to carry some weight just again because we all love the new thing, right? Um, he, he was the best-looking rookie on the field uh, in week one, so uh, and the price is right and the matchup's right. Uh, I think you're right, though. I, I mean, as we're talking about it more, I'm, I'm kind of talking myself out of any kind of exposure to him. I'll let somebody else deal with that. Um, 
And plus, honestly, I don't I don't trust anything John Gruden does <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Really, uh, other than Waller, uh, that's the only part of that offense that I think is uh, reliable um, and, and is going to kind of be uh, consistently able to do what we saw in week one. But, uh, yeah, the rest of it, uh, I'm not sure about. Uh, and I guess that kind of includes Jacobs now that we're thinking about it. Yep. Um, and next guy we're going to talk about is Devin Singletary. He's only $4,200. Which seems insane um, going against the Giants. It seems like a slam dunk play. Because if you look at the end stats, uh, he actually ended up with around nine, almost 100 yards. Um, 70. He only had four carries for 70 yards, which is 17 and a half yards per carry, and five catches for 28 yards on six targets. But he played 70% of the snaps, and he ran a route an astounding amount of times um, mm-hmm. in this offense. So... I, uh, I, as much as maybe he didn't get as many touches as you wanted, he only got nine. Uh, but you know, they're, he's obviously the running back they're going to be relying on. He ran a ton, he had a ton of time in this game. So against the giants for 4,200, sure. I'll take a shot. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a feeling that Singletary will be the guy that I just end up using more often than I should, hoping that I'll get in on the week where they finally just, uh, let him take the majority of the work. This is what I'm talking about. Like, stop, stop giving the ball to Frank Gore. Like, what, yeah. what are we doing here? Well, if like, you look honestly. at what he did, if you look at what he did last week and you give him 15 carries, I mean, what kind of a game could we be looking at versus the Giants? It could be like the play of the entire weekend in DFS for $4,200. Yeah. And and you mentioned before uh, the receiving work, which I don't think any, I don't think was, um, Talk really about. as expected um and and you talk about what happened to Jalen Rashard like what happened to TJ Yeldon um I, I thought he would at least show up uh, on some you know on some uh for some passing down work but Frank uh, or was, Frank or ate him <laughs> that was not the case so yeah I, I like Singletary uh from a from a talent standpoint and uh from a skill set standpoint and this price is really really good um and that matchup does nothing to scare you off uh the Giants uh, they're a mess. They're a mess of a team. Um, yeah, uh, I, I like Singletary. I will definitely be using him a good bit. Yeah, and a couple more guys um, we're going to talk about here. I know we're running a little long, like we always do. Get used to it, folks. Chris Thompson <laughs> for 3900 3, is it? 3900 versus Dallas. Uh, th- the fact that Darius Geis is not going to play yes. makes this all the more tempting. PPR machine Chris Thompson. If he's healthy, he's standing up. Don't get too excited about Adrian Peterson. Um, this is a team that is going to be passing. Um, you know, they're going to be behind and they're going to be passing. And even though McLaren looked good, you know, uh, I think that Paul Richardson is still underrated. Trey Quinn, Vernon Davis. Um, they have a lot of options, but, uh, Chris Thompson led the team in targets like he always does. And, uh, I would expect, you know, for 3,900, just from in a, in a, in any format where you are rewarded for receptions, Chris Thompson is getting dramatically disrespected at 3,900. Yeah, I mean, he's he's healthy. Uh, you know, he put up a great line in week one. You know, seven catches on his 10 targets, 68 yards. Um, and uh, we certainly are not going to worry about Peterson taking receiving work from the backfield from him uh, if, if guys can't go. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, things pointing towards some heavy usage here for Thompson. Uh, you know, even if uh, I, I haven't heard anything about the, the status of Reed for week two, but even if he comes back in, um, I wouldn't expect uh, that, that all of a sudden Washington is going to run a lot of two tight end sets and they're going to just uh, have Davis and uh, Reed out there running a lot of routes and uh, taking potential targets away from Thompson. So uh, 
yeah, I mean, we talk about it all the time. When Thompson's healthy, uh, he is one of the most dangerous receiving uh, pass-catching backs uh, in the league. So uh, I would expect they're going to be down in this game. I would expect that they're going to need to chase points, which means a lot more Thompson than, than Peterson. So, yeah, for 3,900, I am going to have a good bit of exposure to, uh, to Chris Thompson. Yeah, the last time Chris Thompson faced the Dallas at home was actually back in 2017. Uh, he had eight carries for 76 yards and four and uh, and four. Oh, no, no, no. Is I think eight, eight catches for 76 yards, four carries for 18 yards. So, um, you know, I mean, that was back in 2017. So why did I read that? It really is not relevant, but still, whatever. Chris Thompson's awesome. There's one other running back you want to talk about. Uh, this is one we disagree on. I don't care if it's 3,200. 3, you like Dare uh, this week. I, I, I'm, I'm actually borderline hoping that the uh, the the end of game theatrics of Ronald Jones uh, somehow earned him some uh, some work. Um, so uh, you like Dari though for thirty two hundred. I'm assuming because he's thirty two hundred. But tell the people why you love him on the in the Thursday night game. It's it's strictly because of the receiving work. Um, I, I think definitely if, if uh, you know you watch that game, then uh, heading into week two, you would expect that uh, you know. Ronald Jones is going to be the starter. Uh, Peyton Marber can just uh, disappear and uh, curl up in a corner and, you know, hopefully be never heard from again. Uh, but Dare was the one who was getting the receiving work. So, uh, you know, we talk all the time about pass catching backs, pass catching bats. If you can get somebody who's going to get the majority of the targets uh, from, a, you know, from the backfield, um, that's going to be something that's worth at least monitoring. Um I, I mentioned his name not because necessarily I want to use him, but because I'm interested to see how the usage is for him moving forward. Um, and, and, you know, we've seen Arians use a lot of, uh, you know, receiving backs in the past. So uh, I don't know if Jones is going to be that guy if, if, if Arians is going to want to uh, keep his best runner uh, in there all the time and use him on receiving, uh, you know, for receiving work too. Uh, I would expect that Dare is going to, be worked more and more into this offense. Um, It'd be nice if Peyton Barber just went away, to be honest. Yeah, no, it really would. Um, but no offense, uh, Peyton Barber. I, I wish you the best. Yes. Uh, he has been known you're, to, you're, he is a big, big fan the of the show. show. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, that That's strictly what the interest for me is, uh, okay. you know, because it, it's the Arians offense uh, and, and the possibility of getting the pass catching back in that offense for under $3,500. Like that's um, an interesting situation to monitor, I think, moving forward. All right. And that does it for the, uh, the running backs uh, moving right into the wide receivers. Uh, there's a lot of top end guys like, uh, like, uh, like Nuke and Michael Thomas that are completely fine. Like we said, uh, every week they're fine. If you feel like paying up for one of them, they're no doubt going to deliver you a fine performance, but, uh, no reason to dig into them. They're in a typical matchup and they're typically talented and they're going to have a typical game probably. Um, so Sammy Watkins is $7,200. Um, he's pro I got to assume he's going to be one of the chalkiest plays on in the universe at Oakland, uh, but he's healthy and he looked great. And Tyreek Hill's not around. And the Mac, the fact of the matter is no matter how you feel about Sammy Watkins, he's healthy right now and peak healthy. Sammy Watkins is very good. And he has Patrick Mahomes throwing to him in a game where they're going against a defense. that's not that good. So chalk or no chalk for 7,200, um, if you're only playing in a couple of lineups, I would try to get him in there. And if you're playing in many, you want to get a decent share, uh, at least in your cash games, probably. I mean, I I don't care how chalky it is. This is the move. I mean, 7,200, um, 
And I it, just the just look at just the big plays that he can have. I mean, even if he doesn't get the looks he did and they spread the ball around more, which, again, I don't even expect this expect it to be Sammy Watkins and Kelsey. Um you know, he can just break a couple of plays and still return ROI for only 7,200. He probably should have been priced a little higher. I understand why they didn't, but this could be the last week he's even in this range. One more gigantic game, and he's up there in the elite status, possibly. But uh, Sammy Watkins for 7,200, you don't want to maybe put him everywhere because he probably will be one of the highest owned guys, but you cannot ignore him because of it. Yeah, he's, he's definitely one of those guys that um, we've all been burned by in the past uh in dfs and in season long and you just kind of get uh that irrational hatred for him but uh like <laughs> Terry, when he's healthy eric yeah, ebron's I mean, the only guy i steadfastly dislike for some reason <laughs> for fantasy um, football purposes he, maybe he's a fine human i don't he, know he knows what he did we don't have to go into you it know <laughs> he probably loved tj hawkinson he probably loved seeing the rookie just tear it up and probably in one game hawkinson became more productive than ebron ever was in all of his total games in detroit uh somewhere somewhere nick Faber is just crying crying into his eric ebron jersey hey he loves he loves hawkinson he's enjoying <laughs> um yeah I, like, you know you're, you're talking about the wide receiver one uh on the best offense in the league uh, we, you know, nothing uh, has seems to have changed from uh, last year to this year. Uh, you're talking about the top receiver uh, in what is expected by the total to be the highest scoring game of of uh, the week. And you know, we 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 consistently see Houston just uh, or not Houston, geez. Um We consistently see Kansas City hit their overs despite them being, uh, you know almost always the highest one on the board. So uh, there's going to be points to be had in this game. And yeah, certainly you want to have some exposure to Watkins. He is going to be super chalky, but you know, if, if you just want to throw him in there to just get to get, to get that, that um, solid base of points, then yeah. Uh, as long as he's healthy, he's, pro- he's going to be productive. So um, it's just a matter of whether you want to pay up for that production. All right, 6,700 is Julian Edelman uh, at Miami. Let's just talk about all the receivers for Miami uh, in one shot here. Um, I am not playing any of them. I am on record as saying that. I could be wrong. I think they're going to spread the ball around. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Antonio Brown. They use Michelle. They use Burkhead. They use White. I am not confident enough in throwing my money into any of them, and I like so many other plays, and I'm just not going to do any. Call it laziness, maybe. I don't feel like thinking about it, so I'm not going to play them. Yeah, I mean, the the if you were to play any of them, uh, it would be Edelman, just because he's you know he's he's Tom Brady's you know we talk about security blankets he's Tom Brady's security blanket um you know between him and White uh they're just gonna get a ton of targets on third downs or, or any yep. kind of short yardage plays um and he the the, the floor is always gonna be there for Edelman um. Uh, whether you, you, know think my, you know what my main issue is with the other guys, because I think you make a good point on Edelman, is the thing with Belichick. I wouldn't be shocked with uh, it's it's not the five touchdown thing Lamar Jackson did. This could be like the 300 yards rushing thing where Belichick just puts this thing away by running the ball down Miami's throw, which that's actually where they're probably more vulnerable, to be honest, even though they got torched uh, by the uh, by the Ravens. Uh, running the ball is probably where you can do the most damage against them. Yeah. Um, but you know, even, even if it's a heavy, uh, run game plan, uh, if you were to bet on one of the receivers, uh, you know, leading in targets, it would be Edelman. So, yes. uh, again, I don't, I don't love it. The price is probably a bit high. Um, I, I, I wish that, uh, 
you know, uh, he, he would have an opponent that would maybe maybe drive the passing volume up a bit here. But yeah, I, I think yeah, for the, that price, what do you what do you need? Like at least nine. I mean, eight to ten catches a minimum. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely better options. I mean, he, he's very safe, uh, I think. But uh, for me, uh, even as a Patriots fan, I think I'm probably just getting into passing. Uh, this is like like we talked Brady, about. Like, Brady's I think, great. <laughs> I think I think I think a naked Brady is probably the way to go if you want to have just like safe QB production this week. Yeah, um, a couple hundred dollars cheaper, you can go with Tyler Boyd, uh, who's going against San Francisco, the uh, number one defense in uh, the NFL apparently. Uh, so Boyd for 6,500, same game, uh, John Ross for 4,600. I, I love them both. Obviously San Francisco is not the number one defense in football. They're going against Jameis freaking Winston. Um, San Francisco is about to learn the hard way that they're not as good as they think they are. Um, I assume because I do think Andy Dalton is obviously not the guy we saw last week, but I expect him to have a strong game against San Francisco. I expect uh, them to win too, Cincinnati. So uh, I'm expecting another strong game out of Boyd. I'm expecting another strong game out of Ross. I don't know if Ross finds the end zone twice, but uh, with Ross having probably a gigantic following this week, I don't know how many shares I will have of him um, because, you know, I, you know, where's the fun in that? Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, would be fine with him having a, uh, for anyone getting him at 4,600, but I'm, I think I like Boyd a lot at 65 because I think all the love for Ross could drown out the ownership a little bit for Boyd, and he's still the guy. He's still the guy getting all the targets. So, uh, yeah, I like Tyler Boyd here against uh, the 49ers. Yeah, I'm, I'm still Boyd over Ross. Um, and I think you're right. Yeah, I I, I think the overreaction is going to be uh, where Ross just went off in that game, and Boyd kind of just, you know, he had a, a, a – like a, a bad version of a typical Tyler Boyd kind of game. Um, but yeah, he's, he's easily, uh, I think at, at this point, the most talented receiver uh, that's healthy for them. So yeah, I, I like that. I don't think that San Francisco is really anything to uh, be afraid of. Uh, and even Richard Sherman, uh, you know, from all the camp reports and even from what we saw in week one uh, is not who he used to be. So you know, not that he would be moved around a lot. He's he's never been a guy that followed anybody. He's always stayed on his half of the field. And you can scheme around and move Boyd around to, to avoid that matchup, even if you really wanted to. But, uh, yeah, I like Boyd. Um, and, hey, a little, you know, a little yards after catch, ma- uh, catch magic, uh, a little, you know, throw a touchdown. He had eight catches for 60 yards on 11 targets. So mm-hmm. that work could definitely turn into a lot more value very quickly. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, mean there's, then there's probably still people who think that Boyd isn't a viable wide receiver one without AJ Green. Like that's probably still an argument that is a valid, you know, argument in some people's minds. So, uh, I, yeah, between these two, just given the pricing and, and the week one results and the fact that there's probably still going to be a lot of inexperienced players, uh, in some of these tournaments, uh, I, I would think that Ross is probably going to be just very pretty much equal to Boyd in terms of ownership, even though that should not be how it, it plays out. Yep. Uh, for a little cheaper, $100 cheaper than Boyd, you can go with Robert Woods, for $100 cheaper than that, you can get Brandon Cooks. For $300 cheaper than that, you can get Cooper Cup. $6,400, $6,300, and 6000 The Rams guys all grouped together, like always, versus the Saints. Um, I am fine with any of them. I, I like Cup the most because he's the cheapest. Uh, he had 10 targets and 7 catches uh, against Carolina. He only 
he only ended up turning that into 46 yards, but we know Cup is very talented. Last year when he was on the field, he was actually the most productive wide receiver on the field. Robert Woods had 13 targets and eight catches, so uh, you're probably fine going with any of them. Uh, but I think that Robert Woods, you know, I think people are maybe still scared off by Cooper Cup and his injury, and he didn't have much of a stat line. So I think if you're going in GPP, he's a great play. Uh, if you're in cash, I think Robert w- Woods is definitely always good uh, for a million targets and converting that into production. So um, I, because of the way this this wide receiver core is, you never know how it's going to shake out. I'm probably avoiding cash game plays. Uh, against the Saints, and I'd rather throw a guy like Cup into my GPP instead, uh, just because even though Woods is fine uh, for 6,400, um, you definitely need him to have a solid game and maybe find the end zone to definitely give you that return that you want. Where I think Cup um, in GPP uh, could be a difference maker that could uh, that could help you stand out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think if you want to use these any of these three, I think for me the breakdown is is, is Cooks is the GPP play. Uh, just for the big playability, uh, and then Woods and Cup are, are safer cash plays. Just uh, you know, I think Woods is is the most consistent of the three. Yeah, uh, I, I'm still a little concerned with Cup. I mean, despite all the reports we saw about, you know, we heard about like Cooper Cup looks faster and is testing out better than before his knee. He still, um, you know, kind of disappeared for long stretches of that game in Week One. So, uh, and and really, like I like I talked about in the recap uh, pod. They, they featured him early. It seemed like they wanted to get him going early, and, and Goff was looking at him a lot in those first couple of drives, and then he kind of just disappeared for a while. So I don't know if that's just because they because uh, Carolina was doing stuff to, to to shift a bit more attention on him, uh, or if it was more just because uh, they, you know, they wanted to get him going early to try to get him uh, really in the flow of the game because they, his knee isn't still, uh, you know, up to 100%, which would be completely normal uh, given his recovery time time frame here, by the way. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would expect uh, it's probably going to be Lattimore on Cooks a lot on the outside, uh, leaving one of Woods or Cup against uh, our favorite punching bag in, in the slot, or at least in the number two uh, with the number two cover guy, uh, PJ Williams. So- I, that's that's actually why I like Cup. I think PJ's. That's actually why I didn't mention Cooks Lattimore. I don't know why I didn't actually say that, but that's why I left him out of my uh, thought process. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's you know whatever. If you're flipping, if you're flipping coins, that's an easy way to eliminate a guy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, 6,100. Very interesting play for cash. Allen Robinson. Very boring. Uh, on a very bad offense, but even so, with them having just an anemic offense versus Green Bay, still had seven catches for 102 yards on 13 targets. He is the guy. Um, I don't think that their uh, Denver is going to bother double teaming him or anything. Just look at what Tyrell Williams did to him just uh, you know uh, a few days ago. So I expect Allen Robinson a little more of the same. Um, he is the offense kind of as far as through the air. So I think that uh, he looked good enough to me where I, I feel confident that he'll get the work for only uh, for only $6,100. He seems like a, a safe enough play for pretty much any format, GPP or cash. Yeah, I mean, I would like his price to be a little bit lower. If he was more in like the 5500 5400 range, uh, I would be all over it, but I just I just don't trust Trubisky in any way, shape, or form. Well, well look at the guys below him, like I, Land- yeah, I know, Landry. I know, and I and I know that he was yeah. still productive, uh, you know, in that game, and really he's the one guy uh, in that receiving group who I think you can rely on. Uh, 
but I, it's it's still at the end of the day, I'm I'm still going to be worried that it's 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 Trubisky that I have to rely on to get him the ball. <laughs> uh, you know, Although I'm not he gonna, did, I'm he not did though. It's funny. It's like the yeah. only thing he did yeah. right in that whole game was getting the ball to Allen Robinson. Yeah. Hey, get the ball to Allen Robinson, hand the ball off to David Montgomery. You have two plays, Matt Nagy. That's the only two you need to run. <laughs> Just those two. <laughs> uh, Jarvis Landry is 5,800 at the Jets. Uh, it's it's Jarvis Landry. You know, I mean, it's just it, it, typical. You know, it's 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 week two. We're talking about Jarvis Landry not getting anywhere near enough uh, love. But I have a new love, and his name is Jamison Crowder in this same oh, game. Boy. For 4,700, we have Jarvis Landry 2.0, and now Keensey Inunua is gone. I uh, love you, Keensey Inunua. Um, your neck is an issue. I wish you nothing but the best. I, I hope... You know, you see the stuff that happens with Andrew Luck where people get tired of rehab and stuff. I can't imagine coming back from a neck injury time and time again can be can be any kind of fun. Uh, but Jamison Crowder, this obviously removes a little bit of a roadblock from him. Not that he had one. He led the NFL in targets. But uh, Jarvis Landry at 5,800 with a game where I expect Baker Mayfield to bounce back in a big way is, is a good play. But Jamison Crowder for 4,700, you absolutely have to love. Um, I... I, I mean, I, I'm sure other people will be on this, I, but the yeah. sad part is not enough people probably will be because, yeah, maybe people are like, oh, he's not going to get that many targets every week. He's going to get a ton of targets. Him, uh, I said it all preseason. He loves this guy. I expect Robbie Anderson to bounce back. He's not going to have that crazy corner matchup this week that he did, but uh, Jamison Crowder for 4,700, he does not have to do what he did last week to give you that. I mean, just on the catches alone, if he catches... 10, if he catches 12 pat 12 catches uh for 12 yards you're close to what you need out of him for ROI so i mean yeah, yeah well, the, he's 4700 i love it yeah well i mean you just mentioned Robbie Anderson i mean he does have a tough matchup he's probably going to have Denzel Ward on him uh the majority is, of the is game gonna, is he going to shadow i don't know if they're going to shadow him but you know if if i was cleveland then yeah i mean i i'd let Crowder just catch in these stuff uh if that's what they want to do and, and take away um Robbie Anderson but uh, yeah, I mean, I, everything you said, I agree with. I love Crowder. Um, I used him in a couple of lineups last week. I wish I had used him in every lineup last week. Um, we know we, we, we know that Gase likes to feature the slot receiver in his offense. We know that Darnold is very comfortable throwing to his slot receivers, not only professionally, but also in college. Um, yeah, nothing about this. Um, Hey, not that many people can you re- give you an ROI on receptions alone, and he's one of the guys that can do it at this price. If yes. he finds the end zone, it's gravy. If he gets right. any kind of yards, it's gravy. I mean, he can yeah. get he can get you there just by the amount of receptions he gets. That's it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I like Crowder a lot. I mean, even if he has, even if he has like you know a he regresses a bit here and ends up with like a like a eight receptions for sixty yards kind of a game. I mean, that's still you know, getting you your, you know, your, your decent ROI there. So uh, I like Crowder a lot. Uh, for 50, 5,600, uh, you got Michael Gallup, who is probably going to be a popular play here against Washington. Amari Cooper could be a popular play as well, but he's significantly more expensive. And if you want to talk about a guy who's going to be shadow, Josh Norman will be on Amari Cooper. Um, so I expect Michael Gallup to have a, of a nice game here. Um, uh, you know, so I, think that even though he'll have a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, people on him for 5600 i'm very happy to take a shot uh i don't know because i do expect high ownership uh, i may all may switch to a couple other people that are cheaper that i like 
almost as much. But for Michael Gallup being this cheap, you definitely have to consider him. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the big thing with Gallup was whether or not he could convert his targets that he was getting last year into uh, usable production. And, you know, seven for seven last week, that's off to a great start. Um, I got to imagine that, uh, you know, with, with the way he looked all through camp, all through preseason and in week one, that he's just going to continue to be a featured part of that passing game, especially, like you said, if Amari is just going to get shadowed. Um, yeah, I like Gallup a lot. Uh, it's 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 a it's not a I, I don't love the price bump. I mean, it's it's a it's a big price bump for mm-hmm. uh, for somebody with one good week. Uh, but, man, the talent's real. Uh, the talent wasn't the issue with Gallup. It was just whether he could, you know, convert these opportunities and, um, you know, one weekend he's doing it. So yeah, I like Gallup. Um, probably again, this is another guy that I probably like more than I should. Um, just cause I think it lines uh, up. I think it lines up good though. Um, I, they're probably still not going to be pushing Zeke. I expect him to see a lot more work this week, but yep. with, with, with Norman being on Amari, I, I think Gallup is, is a fairly safe pick to have a, have a good game here. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I like Gallup. for 200 less is D Westbrook at Houston. Um, I mentioned it last week that Houston is the absolute worst against wide receiver ones, literally like worst in the league. So Michael Thomas uh, made them pay for that a little bit, uh, which Michael Thomas will do that to you regardless. So DD Westbrook is the wide receiver one. He's not a prototypical wide receiver one. And we have Minshew in there who look good. So this is obviously a little bit of a risk, uh, but I still expect DD to do well. Um, Jacksonville is going to try to bounce back on defense and they will look to run the ball. But I think, uh, Didi should be a safe enough play at 5,400, not for cash, maybe for GPP who could, you know, hopefully get a lot of targets here. We saw Conley and Shark emerge, which makes this even maybe even more risky. So, like I said, you can't go here for cash like you would have liked to with Foles uh, because Minshew, we're not we're just not sure what he's going to do. But uh, against Houston, who, you know, like I said, uh, does not perform well against wide receiver ones for 5,400. Didi Westbrook is a guy you can look to this week. Yeah, uh, I, I like Didi. Um, you're right. I think people probably are going to be a little hesitant to fire him up, um, just because you know he he didn't he didn't really um, you know go off in week one. He had a solid week one, um, but yeah, like there's still a bit of uncertainty on how um, you know the actual the actual talent levels of of that receiver group. But yeah, uh, if you liked Didi before, there's no reason you shouldn't continue to like him in week two, and. Yeah, Houston, it worries me a little bit. Uh, I, I would be a, a little concerned uh, just because, you know, the the Houston pass rush is, is you know, able to get after it a little bit better than uh, the Chiefs. But, um, yeah, th- that's the big concern is that uh, Minshew is just going to get eaten up by, uh, by Watt and Merciless there. But uh, I think it'll be okay. Um, I'm not going to have a huge bit of exposure to him, uh, but I think you have to at least throw it out there. Um, given the matchup and, you know, the, the talent for DD. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, for, for $400 less, you can get Calvin Ridley, uh, versus Philly. I, uh, I know you're a little bit on him. What do you like about Calvin Ridley this week? Well, I, I, I just like the, uh, the, the matchup. Uh, and, and honestly, like, you know, when you have Julio Jones opposite you to take away some of the, the heat of the coverage, uh, take some of the attention away. That's awesome. Um, you know, even if you're a mediocre receiver, you're going to benefit from that. Um, and you know, Ridley, I think has the talent to be much better than a mediocre receiver. Um, you know, didn't have a huge, uh, you know, game week one, but that was a tough defense. Um, you know, that, you know, the, the Falcons offense as a whole looked 
pretty bad. <laughs> like they looked, they looked lost uh, a little bit in week one against Minnesota, but you know, Ridley was still able to, um, you know, get some, you know, listen, garbage time doesn't matter. It's still all that comes out the same in, in DFS land. So um, yeah, I, I think that uh, Ridley's in for a big season. Uh, this is, I'm expecting this to be an up-tempo game uh, just like, I mean, we, that that is what we thought last week against Minnesota too. But anyway, uh, you know, it, it's it's the Falcons opening at home. Uh, the same kind of reasoning uh, where we kind of like Pittsburgh at home uh, to bounce back. I think it, that same kind of reasoning goes into this game too for Atlanta. Um, and yeah, and Philly's a good enough offense to to I think to push uh, you know the pace of this game upwards. Uh, so yeah, I think the volume will be there, and you know definitely the talent and the price here are are, are solid. Yeah. Um, I have a couple guys in a row that most people are very against this week. Uh, I know they're, at least in season long, these are people that uh, people are advising you to sit. But this is why G- uh, DFS is cool, especially GPP. You can afford to take risks that you wouldn't uh, in season long where you obviously have to hope for actual production. You can't, you know, you can't have a million lineups in one league. So the first one is uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who a lot of people want to point to how much the Vikings shut down the Julio and Ridley last week uh, and, and Marquez Valdez scandling uh, requiring a big play to maybe, um, you know, get you where you need to go. But he's only 4,000. He's always, what is he? 4,600 versus Minnesota. Um, Xavier Rhodes is probably going to be on Devonte Adams, which uh, I still wouldn't be shying away from him in season long. I wouldn't be playing him maybe as much in DFS. Although if you really look at how he has macked up against Xavier Rhodes, the last four games, four catches for 44 yards and a touchdown, five catches for 54 yards and a touchdown, eight catches for 64 yards and a touchdown, five catches for 16 yards and a touchdown. So you actually have a pretty good idea of what to expect from Devonte Adams, but Marquez Valdez Gandling will be there for the big plays. He only needs one big play to return investment for you. And I expect Minnesota to try to direct their attention on Devonte. If you saw some highlights, you saw the bears actually triple teamed him at points. So for $4,600, even though he is a risk, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers loves to air it out. He's just going to do it. Uh, you know, he, he's going to take those shots underneath with the floor. Like the floor wants to go to, uh, you know, he wants to go to Jimmy Graham. He wants to get the running bats involved. But uh, if Devante is going to be the, uh, the attention of the defense, Scantling only needs a couple of big plays here and there. And I expect him to be involved. Uh, so if you want to be a little different here, I think he's a decent enough play at forty six hundred dollars. Um, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a risk for the, for the re- your reaction is what makes me want to play him. In, no, in, I, cause just cause I, if you hit big, this is, this is a big tournament play. I should say, if you're going to put a couple of lineups in a big tournament and you want to put in that guy that no one else is going to have, that's going to really like put you above a million people because you're the only one with them. This is a guy that could have a big game. It, it's, it has a high strikeout potential and a, you know, it's a swing for the fences thing. Yeah, um, I think for me, I mean, we can get more into this later. But honestly, as much as I hate him, I think for me, if I'm going to target that matchup, I, I for for some somebody cheap, I, it, it might be Graham, <laughs> and that's that's really saying something considering how much I dislike him. Um, how dare you? The reasoning is sound. Uh, I'm I, like I, I'm completely on you. It's just um, I, I just don't know if I am going to do that. <laughs> no one is. I say everyone's on him and the next guy I'm going to talk you, about as a you sit are, in season. Everyone's you there. are 100% correct. Um, 
as far as why it's a, a good idea as far as like a, a you know a pivot play but um listen sometimes you just get too cute with things i don't know <laughs> maybe hey, maybe I'm this not, is one of the situations not, maybe it's not. i don't know I, i'm not gonna be like basking in in the you know in in Mar- in mvs glitter everywhere um i'm just gonna be throwing oh, them God, i can only imagine how difficult mvs <laughs> glitter is is to get off of you <laughs> oh yeah it's gets you, you, two weeks later you, you there's still some on your face um Christian Kirk is the other one, which $4,500. Uh, everyone's like, everyone you see last week, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, eight catches for 113 yards and a touchdown and 13 targets. Um, you know who had only four catches for 32 yards? Christian Kirk, but on 12 targets. Um, so it could very easily have switched around. And obviously Kyler, Mur- Kyler Murray got off to a rough start. We said we expect him to have another rough game here. Uh, but on 12 targets and an air raid offense that we – we would can conceivably expect to be much better this week for only 4,500, 12 targets. Like I said, there's no reason to expect that couldn't even go up to 15. And like Jamison Crowder, uh, Christian Kirk doesn't need to catch that many balls at $4,500 to make this worth your while. And if they catch him in a crossing route and he sees some open grass, he's going to be off to the races and you have yourself a big time play in GPP tournaments. So, uh, don't let the um, don't let his line from last week scare you off from at least trying to plug him into a lineup. If you if you're happy with it and you want to maybe try to work a couple of guys in, Christian Kirk had plenty of opportunity. Nobody's going to be in on him, and he is the guy. And if you looked in the preseason, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is obviously a great presence. He's a great guy, and um, Kyler Murray's going to want to throw to him because who the heck wouldn't want to as a rookie throw to Christian, you know, to Larry Fitzgerald? But uh, Christian Kirk had plenty of targets and uh, the he easily could have had a big game with a, just a couple of things going differently and $4,500 take a shot. Yeah. I, uh, I, I like to play a lot, uh, given the talent. Um, if you are, are going to invest heavily in the idea of the targets and, and, and uh, you want to look at somebody who like based on the air yards and, um, the actual production that they had, um, is, is looking at improving. He's definitely a good target for that, but, so is his teammate, um, you know, Keyshawn Johnson, who is, you know, going to be, I think, $1,100 cheaper. Um, yeah, no, $1,400 cheaper. So so uh, I, I like either one of those as a um, as a potential kind of pivot play. Nobody's going to, especially Keyshawn Johnson. I, I can't imagine there's going to be a ton of people on him uh, given the matchup. But, yeah, just based on the usage from last week, I, I like both of those guys um, to kind of uh, sneak in and uh, get some value for uh, just because – People are going to be afraid of Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, was it uh, $100 less is Tyrell Williams, who is probably going to be one of the chalkier plays. He's not a popular name, so he won't be as chalky as you would think he would be. For for anyone paying attention, uh, you saw what he did versus Denver. Now he's going against Kansas City in a game script that screams passing. Um and Darren Waller should be getting plenty of attention from the Denver offense for how many targets he got too. So for $4,400, this looks good to me. Um, what do you think of Tyrell Williams? Yeah, I mean, he he definitely was was solid in week one. And again, against what we thought was going to be a good uh, pass defense. So, you know, he was he was getting targeted, uh, you know, throughout that game and was was able to convert and, and really didn't look like to be having that hard of a time of it. So uh, hey, he showed in 2016 when Keenan was down that he could be a wide receiver one. People forget yes, that. He's yes, already talent, shown us he can be a wide receiver one. He's he's done it. <laughs> absolutely. The talent is is 
absolutely there. Uh, that shouldn't be the question. Um, and yeah, like we, we talked a little bit earlier about how, yeah, like there's a ton of these Oakland guys that um, the pricing is a little wacky for them. Uh, just given what we just saw for them in week one, you would have thought that the, all these guys were due for significant price bumps. Um, you know, if we saw that Gallup was going to get a $1,300 price bump, uh, you'd think that Tyrell Williams, given the clear role he has on that team as the undisputed wide receiver one, would get a similar, you know, size price bump but uh it just didn't it's happen. why it's why the chicago cubs always have bad odds to bet in the beginning of the season for the world series because they have a lot of fans uh the, the cowboys bump is not the raiders bump <laughs> yeah that's true but yeah uh like like tyler williams a lot that's a that's a really solid play you're getting a wide receiver one against kansas city again a game that is the highest total on the board for week two so the volume is going to be there there's going to be a lot of points there's going to be t- you know there's going to be a lot of passing in that game um I would expect Tyrell Williams is going to figure prominently in that passing attack. So, uh, yeah, like yeah, that if a lot. Derek, if Derrick Henry is my favorite play, a running back, a uh, boring play, Tyrell Williams is my favorite one, a wide receiver, because uh, he's cheap and he's he's just a, I can't see a reason not to play him. Uh, for 4,300, you can get DK Metcalf, which if you looked at his stats, wasn't fantastic, but he led the NFL in air yards and he's going at Pittsburgh who new England just carved apart. So it's worth a shot here. He has another game with Russell Wilson. Um, So everyone's thinking about Tyler Lockett. They're going to probably be playing from behind. I'm assuming in a game where Pittsburgh comes out on all, you know, guns blazing. So I think DK Metcalf at 4,300 for all the air yards. He saw it screams breakout. Uh, So, uh, you know, it's, it's someone you don't want to ignore. Um. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. may not be able to run the ball as much as they want to because they're probably going to be behind. That's all I'm saying. That's yeah. That's the thing is. Um. That's always going to be the question is 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 the volume sustainable to have um you know the the wide receiver two be um you know a viable DFS play. I don't know. Um. I think yeah. You're right. I think if if this game script is how we expect it to be where Pittsburgh is going to get up and is going to aggressively aggressively scoring points uh that's going to kind of force Seattle's hand um yeah and 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 Metcalf I will say um given that he was kind of uh more of a meme than an actual player um right around draft time and immediately after the draft uh looked solid like ran more than just one route which was kind of the knock on him was whether or not he was going to be able to actually have an effective route tree um at the nfl level but yeah he looked solid in his uh you know debut so um that's a that's a that's a very good quarterback that would be you know getting in the ball uh against what looks to be um maybe not a generous defense but certainly a, a defense with a lot of you know uh questions to answer yeah um at $4,000, you'd think that you wouldn't be able to find anyone who's going to get tons of targets and you'd be throwing a dart at some people that uh, are, are just going to be big play dependent. We actually have three guys left that had a ton, that had 10 targets or more. Um, Dante Moncrief is the first one. Oh, everyone just sighed. Why Dante Moncrief? He drops the ball constantly. They're going against Seattle, like we just said. You saw what Cincinnati did to Seattle. He had, uh, he led the team in targets. I mean, targets are targets. It does not matter. Uh, how many drops he had in week one. It was week one. Ben Roethlisberger targeted him that many times. He's going to see them in week two, probably. Um, so James Washington, Dante Moncrief, all these guys are playable. And for uh, that cheap, it's definitely someone you should consider throwing in. I understand it's going to be hard. We just said DK Metcalf for $300 more has a big play potential. And there's some guys that are lower that are a lot more exciting. But 
Uh, this is a guy that no one's going to play that is going to get targets. So um, when at the end of the day he ends up with eight catches for, you know, whatever, 65 yards and a touchdown and you're <laughs> it just ends up being this monster steal for four thousand dollars. You don't don't uh, you just don't want to be the person that never considered it because he could even do better than that uh, against Seattle. Yeah, definitely. I mean, last year, by a lot of the advanced metrics, you know, Moncrief was the best receiver for Jacksonville. And, you know, definitely if he had a better quarterback, could have put up much better numbers and would would be kind of more in uh, the, the you know, mid to five, mid to high five thousands kind of price range, um, just based off of what he did last year. And you're right. Like, you know, he targets are targets are targets. You want volume. That's what you're that's what you're going after when you're looking at these receivers. If you can find somebody who is getting a ton of them at this price point, that's definitely somebody that you want to have some exposure to for DFS. So yeah, um, I don't expect uh, him to be uh, dropping as many passes as he did in week one. That's never really been a consistent issue as far as I know for him. Um, so yeah, look for him to bounce back. Has been an issue, not a consistent issue. As as many as Twitter would make you believe, this isn't a thing that is a daily occurrence for Dante Moncrief. Right. Especially on four. Right. And, and a lot of those were just really fluky drops, too. I mean, it wasn't like these were over-the-shoulder things where it was getting, uh, you know, he had tough coverage. A lot of these were just like, he was the ball was in front of him. It was just hitting him in the hands. And for whatever reason, he just couldn't catch him. Yeah. Um, that's not normal. That's not going to continue. Uh, unless he has the worst case of the receiver yips that we've seen in quite some time, uh, I would expect that uh, the drops will sort themselves out uh, quickly. All right. I saw at the forty thousand at the four thousand dollar price range, Ted Gunn Jr. at LA Rams. I know you wanted to mention him. Yeah, just again, uh, he's a guy that's kind of being overlooked. Uh, he was hurt for a lot of the year last year. He's he's healthy again. Uh, we've seen him be productive, uh, not just uh, you know at other teams, but for this team in this offense, we've seen him look good. Um, he came right back in week one, went seven for seven for over a hundred yards uh, for the Saints. Uh, I think we all kind of were hoping that uh, you know. Uh, Trey Quan would 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 be the guy that stepped up and um, you know assumed that wide receiver two role. Uh, I mean that still might happen. It's it's one week, so we don't really know. But uh, for a game again that's that is figures to feature a lot of points. Uh, you know Ted Ginn as the wide receiver two uh, for just four thousand dollars is a pretty solid play here. I think for uh, GPPs. Yep. Um... AJ Brown is four thousand as well. Uh, I know that you know we we had talked earlier before. Denzel Ward, he's not exactly covering you every single play, but he was he was in charge of Corey Davis, who had no catches on three targets in Week One. Uh, but AJ Brown looked like a wide receiver one to me. I mean, he was the guy everyone really liked. I like I liked him out of college. I really was hoping the Packers were going to get him. He ends up going to the Titans, which really disappointed everyone. But uh, he, he, God, did he look good in this one? Um, you know, four thousand dollars is a very good price for what he could be the wide receiver one. I mean, Corey Davis had to send. He had a tough. He had a tough matchup, but I'm not so sure that AJ Brown's not the wide receiver one. Period. Uh, he, I think he's just the better wide receiver here. Uh, it's it's going to be tough because you know we don't know how much they're going to be throwing the ball. Mariota did look good, but again, he has he has Humphreys, he has Delaney Walker, he has Corey Davis, and he has AJ Brown all looking for targets on top of Deion Lewis. So it is uh, very risky. But for four thousand dollars, he had over a hundred yards in his first game ever in the NFL. So um, if 
Mariota is going to be trusting to throw the ball to him, like, you know, after having such success with him week one against the, uh, the Colts. Um, he's, he's a guy that you can definitely take a shot on. Uh, but, you know, just know that uh, it's a high risk with the amount that, uh, you know, in a, a low volume offense with plenty of mouths to feed. It's just it's a difficult thing to hit, but uh, he's talented enough to make that four thousand dollars well worth it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm just going to disagree with you a little bit. I, I don't know if that production from week one is sustainable. I mean, he's he's very big play dependent. Uh and Hold I, on. In my defense, I think I did say I liked him, and then and then spent two minutes telling you why it was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, for me, I, it's just a stay away for me, honestly. And if I, uh, yeah, I, I I just don't want to use him. Um, I don't trust that passing offense. Um, I'd much rather be wrong about them for another couple of weeks before I buy in on this. Um, I don't I don't believe it. I don't trust it. And and. The other thing, too, is I have volume concerns and then I also have, you know, uh, red zone concerns because Delaney Walker is back and healthy. Uh, and if they're if they get in close, I don't think they're looking for A.J. Brown. Uh, he's probably like maybe fourth or fifth in the line of guys. That I think that they want to get touches in that area. So, um, yeah, he's definitely a deep. He's definitely the guy that's going to get the 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 20, 30 yard touchdown. The, you know, he's not going to get the the short yard ones. That's for sure. Um, for 3,900, Danny Amendola. Oh, I mean, you know what? We told you to get Moncrief, so we got to tell you Amendola. He had 13 targets, and I do not expect that to continue at all. I know you said a Patriots fan, you're used to this kind of workload for Amendola, and maybe that's the way it's going to go. I mean, you know, the, uh, the, obviously the coach wants to run things like he, like he did in New England, uh, Hawkinson and, uh, Amendola were heavily featured, but Ed Galladay wasn't really featured, and Marvin Jones was a ghost. I expect that to. I expect him to be more involved, and I would assume those targets are probably going to be coming out of Amendola's pocket. But again, thirteen targets. If he's going to be anywhere even in that vicinity, it's thirty nine hundred. So um, again, you have to pay attention to that until proven otherwise. Yeah, I mean that's really the main reason that I would I would recommend him. Just the the, the target share was huge. I mean it was a tw- it was a twenty nine percent target share uh, last week. So if you can get that kind of um, you know volume uh, you know passing and, and get that much of a share for under four thousand uh, dollars in a game that you know probably is going to have some points here. I mean these are two solid offenses. This kind of all depends on what's happening with the Chargers uh, and, and Williams. Uh, but if 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 they're healthy and their offense is a go minus Hunter Henry, um, yeah, I, I, this game has a, a good bit of appeal for DFS reasons for me. And uh, I like Amendola if he's going to continue to be healthy and get this many looks. Yeah. Um, before we uh, before we finish and get over to the tight ends, uh, just a couple more wide receivers here. Both of the uh, the guys for uh, Washington, uh, you know, Trey Quinn, Trey Quinn is thirty nine hundred, and Terry McLaurin is thirty eight hundred. Which wow, all these guys getting the price bump. I'm surprised McLaurin didn't get a little higher than this. Uh, no, I guess no respect or no trust that he can actually repeat what he did. He looked great all uh, preseason and he just repeated it in week one. So of the two, I'm definitely going McLaurin over Quinn. Quinn obviously has the ability to maybe soak up some targets. Vernon Davis had a big week one. I expect him to probably um, take a step back here um, in this one. Um, so what what do you think uh, of the two guys in Washington at being a 3,900 and 3,800? Uh similar concerns for McLaurin uh, with AJ Brown. It's not to say that I don't like the talent. I think McLaurin is a very talented guy. Obviously they like him there, 
but he was a little bit big play dependent uh, in that game. Uh, but it, listen, if he can get, if he can get those plays, and you know he he left he left a good bit of yardage on the on the uh, well not him it was really more case that uh, kind of left those yards on the board. But uh, I, I like McLaurin as a as a GPP play. Um, and I like Quinn more as uh, maybe like a sneaky cash play just because, you know, he's the slot receiver there. He's going to soak up, um, you know, maybe some more of the the targets. Um, and, and for this price point, I mean, if you're just looking to kind of stars and scrubs it a little bit here, I mean, these guys are, are viable pieces of their offense, get, you know, despite the fact that uh, they're both relatively inexperienced with Quinn just, you know, being a second year player, McLaurin being a rookie. But uh, I... I I liked a lot of what I saw um, from at least the first half of that game against Philly from that offense. And I, um, I misspoke earlier about Vernon Davis, by the way. I know for some reason I caught it immediately. I said, I think he's going to step back. I mean, step up. <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, Dallas, obviously we saw him get abused by Evan Ingram last week, 14 targets. He had, he had 11 catches for 116 yards and a touchdown. So I, I was just saying, uh, Vernon Davis, I expect to be a big part of this. So, um, you know, it's, it's a risk just because we, again, only one week, um, after a monster game from uh, Case Keenum, we'll we'll see what they look like going forward. Yeah. Um, one guy before we move on that we didn't actually write down here that I, I wanted to mention because um, Sterling Shepard is you know the concussion protocol. Golden State is still out. Is uh, Corey Lattimore? Yeah. yeah, I think you gotta you gotta talk about him uh, because you know again in the same game um, going against Dallas, uh, you know they 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 have nope. the no no no. You're uh... oh no no yeah I'm sorry they were yeah they're going against <laughs> Dallas last week yeah. um they're going against Buffalo in this one so yeah, I mean yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a very tough matchup but uh you know he's he's a bottom of the barrel option here with only you know you got to think Saquon Barkley's in for a rough one um the defense is probably going to be trying to key in on him and Ingram as much as they can and they are a good defense so I think Co- Cody Lattimore could soak up a ton of targets here and you could walk away with a uh uh, you know, you could walk away with a pretty good production, even against a tough defense. Um, it's possible. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to pay to see it to take that. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to pay to take that risk. I mean, that there's so it, many other options. I agree that yeah. I'm probably not going to no, you know, I, I think hop it's, on it's that either, but it's yeah. definitely worth bringing up because, you know, his, his final line last week was definitely better than I think than anybody would have expected. Um, you know, he, he finished three for 74, uh, so, you know, he's he's somebody who's who's shown flashes, too, in the past. So, um, yeah, I, there is something to be said for just, uh, you know, listen, availability is an important ability, too. You just don't want to at the end of the week and you don't want him going off and be like, we didn't mention. No, we we understand this is a thing. We think there's there's more interesting options. But, yes, we understand that the possibility is there. Uh, if you want to be a wise ass and throw him in your lineup when he blows up and so you can be like that, oh, look at look what I did. Uh, <laughs> if you have a reason to do it. Um, so that's all. And um, you want to talk about Miles Boykin, which I but think this is. This I'm is, not sure I'd go. I'm not sure I'd go there. I love uh, him like a dynasty, but yeah, this is only just like a, a again. This is kind of like a Latimer style. Like let's mention it, um, just because of of how fluky uh, you know Baltimore's week one was. Uh, like Boykin was the guy like all through the preseason that um, I think a lot of the Baltimore you know fans were talking up as being. Uh, the guy that they were expecting to have that kind of explosion week one. And all of a sudden, you know, you saw Marquise Brown just running like running wild. So um, it wouldn't shock me if uh, these two uh, kind of just trade off, uh, you know, big weeks or, or even disappointing weeks uh, back and forth. Um, 
you know that 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 secondary is still missing some parts. Uh, I I think Boykin could. Uh, you know, people are just my my main thing with Boykin is that he's just kind of forgotten automatically. All of the 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 buzz that he had generated is gone because all of it got shifted to Brown and Andrews and Lamar Jackson. And I think he's, you're kind of overlooking. Um, you know the the role that Boykin played uh you know in the preseason and 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 all the talk that they were giving all the lip service they were paying to how happy they were with his development and how excited they were about how he looked uh and uh, you know running in with the ones uh you know with with Lamar so uh just just a name to keep in mind I have to say, everyone pump it up Lamar Jackson. I mean, the future is very bright there, and it's not just because of him. I mean, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews, Boykin, they have some young players that, I mean, they look like they could be exciting. So, I mean, it's got to be exciting to be a Ravens fan. Um, moving on to tight end, uh, Travis Kelsey is 7,300 at Oakland. We're not going to talk about him because he is definitely worth paying up for if you went with some of the cheaper options above, which there was a bunch, and you want to pay up for him. Um, he looks like a completely reasonable investment at 7,300. He looks like almost like a, maybe a slam dunk to uh, give you a return on investment. He had, uh, even though he was heavily involved, he did he he on a in the stat line at least like on its face didn't have a very exciting game. But he's well worth the 7,300. But going into the guys that are smarter plays because of pricing, Mark Andrews is still only 3,800 versus the Cardinals. Uh, who we expect to you know get lit up again by the Ravens? It's not going to be quite like it was last game, but he had he had eight catches for 108 yards on and a touchdown on eight targets. I expect him to lead the team in targets almost every week. Um, you know his touchdown actually came from Robert Griffin the third, incidentally. But mm. I you know Lamar Jackson targeted him a ton down the stretch last year as well. So um, it's just. He's just one of those guys. Everyone we're about to name here. We're going to name Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson. Until they are priced appropriately, they are great guys every single week. And Mark Andrews probably being the best of the three. Yeah, Delaney Walker in that group, too. Uh, don't forget about him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's healthy. And he's certainly, uh, we saw, going to be, uh, you know, a big part of that offense moving forward. So uh, don't forget about him, too. And I, I will say a lot of the pricing um, – I thought was really weird here for the lower for the lower end tight ends. Um, yeah, not not talent wise lower end, but just pricing wise. Um, and let's just I just want to remind people if last year was the first year you played a lot of DFS, um, tight end was weird as shit last year. Um, tight end typically is a great place to just find um, you know a really cheap option and a good matchup and somebody who's just kind of riding a hot hand uh, and, and exploit that. If you didn't uh, pay up last year, you can be looking at a zero. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was really tough last year. It was really top heavy. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I've been talking up a lot that I think the tight end uh, talent pool is a lot deeper than people are expecting. Uh, I think people are, are overreacting a little bit to how much, uh, just just how top heavy the position was last year. So um, do yourself a favor. Just you know, troll oh, down here on the lower ends. You of, got of the it. Position. They yes. said Mark Andrews eight targets, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson in his first game ever, six catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets. Uh, Darren Waller had eight targets, 70 yards. And like you said, uh, Walker, when he's healthy, he's a top five tight end. Always was, always will be. Uh, he, he scored a couple of touchdowns. Like you said, he's probably their red zone threat. It's Derrick Henry and him. Um, another one I want to mention only because I don't know why you'd actually go here because Hawkinson's only 3,000, like we said. <laughs> uh, so I don't know why you would ever go with Eifert Uzuma for 28 or 2,900. I, 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 you know, you have to, again, this is a wise-ass move, but 
with AJ Green still out, they use both tight ends quite frequently. So, you know, you could you could go there uh, versus San Francisco, who, you know, they're probably San Francisco is probably due to get lit up a little bit this week uh, after their success against Tampa Bay. But I don't see any reason to do it. There's no reason why if you have another if I have if I have one hundred dollars can get me from one of these guys to Hawkinson. I'm going to change a different player to make sure I well, get Hawkinson. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, the exact reason that you would do it is because all those guys we mentioned above Andrews, Walker, Waller, Hawkinson, really big splashy games. And they're, and they're going to draw a lot of attention. Whereas I for Uzuma kind of are going to fly under the radar. And, you know, we even talked about this completely uh, off topic here. We talked about Uzuma uh, when we were looking at uh, when we were briefly co-owners of a dynasty team that uh, went away. Yeah. Um, he was completely forgotten in a, in a tight end premium uh, league. Uh, he went super, super late because I think everybody was just like, oh, well, Eifert's back. Who expects Eifert to stay healthy all year? Uzuma no, is. Hey, hey, the Bengals don't because look at this. Um, Uzuma had four catches for 66 yards on five targets. Yeah. Yes. Eifert had five catches for 27 yards on six targets, but Uzuma played 70% of snaps yes. and Eifert played less than half. Yes. So Uzuma I mean, is going to get the majority of the snaps there just because of how worried they are about keeping Eifert upright. He's not going to be blocking a lot. He's not going to be lined in tight a lot. Um, if he is, he's just going to chip and then get out of there because they want to keep him upright. But Uzuma is the guy that's going to be in there a lot. And honestly, he's the guy that, from a from an offensive standpoint, is going to be more versatile because you there, there's going to be a lot more uncertainty on when Uzuma's on the field about what's going to happen from a play standpoint than you than you're going to be confused when Eifert's out there. If you see Eifert, you should just assume, oh, it's probably going to be a pass play. Um, so, it, it, you know, and and we talked a little bit uh, in the recap show about. Um, you know, whether or not Andy Dalton is underrated or not. And he is a little bit to an extent, just given his name. Um, a lot of people, if you just were to remove his name, uh, like Matthew Berry style, just like throw up the numbers and say, player A, player B. I think people would be shocked at how, at the numbers that, that, that Dalton has put up over certain stretches of his, of his career, when he's had his offensive, uh, you know, pieces healthy and, you know, he's and he himself has been healthy. The concern here is and will all will be all year the offensive line and how they hold up. Do I think that San Francisco is the defense that's really going to uh, expose them and, and take advantage of that weakness? Probably not. So that's that's the only thing for me why I wanted to mention um, Eifert and, and more so Uzuma. Yes. Um, and that wraps up all the skill position players, as we say now, our lawyers tell us we have to talk about defense and special teams because DraftKings requires you to start one. Therefore, as people that are giving you advice on how to make a lineup, we must talk about defense and special teams. Luckily, this week, we actually have a few worth talking about. Uh, first off, at 3700 who may be worth every penny, um, is this is the New England Patriots at Miami for reasons we do not have to discuss. Um <laughs> And we're not going to. Uh, nope. We're not going to. 3700 at Miami, if that speaks for itself. Uh, the Bills are 3400 If you want to save $300 at the Giants, uh, completely fine. They are, um, in all purposes, they, they're they probably a better defense than the Patriots. Um, I, I mean, in theory, but the Patriots obviously are, their offense allows their defense to be better because their offense is always on the field. So it's just a better situation, but maybe player for player, the bills are just as good. If not, maybe a little better. They're going at the Giants, So don't shy away from them either. Yeah. I, I think I, they're completely I will say, fine. 
I will say I I like the Bills. I mean, everyone's going to be on the Patriots, but I think Bills is where I'm going to actually have the the most exposure, especially if Shepard can't go. Because, you know, Tredavious White is one of the few corners I've seen that could completely take Rob Gronkowski out of a game. And uh, I don't have any concerns about him being able to do the same thing to Evan Ingram if they don't have to worry about Sterling Shepard at all. Um, so I see, yeah, I see a lot of tip passes, a lot of fumbles, a lot of a lot of bad things happen to the Giants in their future. Yes. Um, at the Panthers are thirty one hundred versus Tampa Bay. Not really sure we need to get into that. Just, just. Um, Go 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 to last week's games and, and look at what San Francisco did. And if you really wanted to save some money, $2,600, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are really not as bad as you think they are. They're just not facing San Francisco, who's now without Tevin Coleman, is starting a quarterback who probably shouldn't be in the NFL, um, who Oof. don't really have anyone Oof. but George Kittle uh, uh, to throw to. Uh, if if you're in that, if you just want to be different and you could save a ton of money, I think Cincinnati uh, at home versus San Francisco is really not that bad of a play for only twenty six hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean they they hung in there on the road in Seattle uh, against an offense that uh, a lot of people expect uh, you know good days out of in the future. So uh, yeah, Cincinnati looks. I, I think it was probably one of the bigger surprises uh, of week one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, you know, keep that rolling against uh, San Francisco. All right. And they, that does it. That's uh that's everything. We don't have to talk about kickers because this is DraftKings. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, so um, yeah, that there's a, there's a lot of guys to, to, to consider here, but uh, you know, we, we highlighted the people we we're very interested in. Uh, there's some injury, you know, there's some, some people you want to look, you want to see what's happening with Juju Smith Schuster. You obviously want to see what's happening with Antonio Brown. Um, you want to see what's happening with a, you know, with uh Sterling Shepard. There's, there's, there's some injuries still to go, but it won't really change a whole lot of what you're doing. So, uh, any last thoughts before we sign off on uh, the week two show? Uh, Nope, just uh, excited to uh, we're, we're really in it now. Uh, we made it through the insanity of week one, and um, you know there's still going to be a lot of uh, new players out there that are doing silly things that um, for the most part are not going to work out for them. So that's always fun to kind of take advantage of the first couple of weeks. <laughs> if you have any questions, you can always hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Matt Williams, M A T T W I seven seven I M S. And you can always reach out to, uh, if we don't, um, we, we will answer all your DFS questions. If you want to ask us anything leading up to game time, you can always go to ffmercs.com If you want to hear uh, me and Scott, we can actually go one, uh, give you a one-on-one session where we can talk to you via Skype or, uh, whatever, uh, video service you are, uh, available for. We do, um, plenty of consulting if you want to just talk it out we can break down uh different strategy you can go for going forward so ffmercs.com it's a great site you can go there for season long uh or dfs um scott where can everyone find you on twitter and find your work i am on twitter at s-m-i-c-h underscore five and i will put out uh my player pool uh well it's 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 most of my player pool. It's selections of my player pool uh, in an article on uh, ffstatistics.com. Uh, that'll publish on Friday. So uh, look forward to that. 
All right. Uh, good luck in DFS this week. Good luck in fantasy football this week. Uh, you say if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. We love talking fantasy football at all times. Um, thank you for listening to the DF Statistics podcast. We will be back at the beginning of week three for the week two recap. See everybody. Good luck. Try to break the slate. GPP, Chuck DST, Cash Games EZ, CC Draft Kings, C, Mathletes. Gonna win you some money. And you can take that to the bank. Bank.